All right, kick the tires and light the fires. You, you want to see something really scary? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 170 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And guys, happy Hanukkah. Yo, Semites. Shalom <laughs> to your mothers. <laughs> um, you know the Yo Semite joke, right? Uh, no. That was how Trump uh, uh, pronounced Yosemite. <laughs> oh, God. And all the Jews were like, yo, what up? <laughs> Fuck you, though. <laughs> and we fucking hate you. Uh, yes, it is the celebration of lights, guys. A f- festival of lights. That's, that's yeah. what it is. There's a song. But yeah, Adam Sandler, has, he did it a whole bit. Oh, there's that. Yeah. Oh, you were talking about a real song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't you have to do uh, Hanukkah is <laughs> a festival of lights? Um. Did you have to do like um, like holiday like choir performances in elementary school? No, no. Oh, okay. So, um, actually, so when I when I was still in California, um, going to school there, we every year like it wasn't like a class. We just had like once or twice a month we'd go and do like a, a choir practice, just as like my my class. And um, it, it was similar to like being in band or something. Um, and uh, yeah, every year around the end of November, we'd start rehearsing Christmas songs and, you know, the limited amount of Hanukkah songs that there were. And um, yeah, I always remember it's like... Uh, There's probably more than you realize you just don't speak Hebrew. <laughs> well, sure. I am Gentile. So... <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, we'd always sing, uh, come see the lights, eight days and nights, this, oh, shit. I forget the That's word. a great fucking song. This <laughs> is so good. <laughs> yeah, and then we'd launch into, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger, you know. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Yeah, so we, we paid our tribute <laughs> to the Jews. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, this is our first ever Hanukkah episode. I mean, prob- probably last. Yeah, unless um, more people want to start making some Monica Horror. Right. Which is a very untapped market. Y- yeah, apparently. Uh, I mean, we've got like one Hanukkah movie, one Hanukkah horror movie. Like, the, So we're doing Hanukkah, the movie that w- well, was made years ago, but it just came out. Mm-hmm. And then we're also doing The Gollum, which is uh, based in Jewish lore um but what, not, not hanukkah, hanukkah specific yeah so it's like we couldn't even get two hanukkah movies <laughs> but like i said untapped market you know 
uh, all you Semites out there, all you Semite filmmakers, you know, you got something. Cash in. Yeah. Although, I don't know. I mean, this is jumping forward, but did you watch through the credits of Hanukkah? I don't think I did, no. A sequel was teased. Naturally. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so, um, yeah. Aside from that, how you doing, Taylor? Uh, okay. You had a rough day yesterday. We, we we're not gonna not gonna talk about that. Okay. Um, but I mean, you know, as far as everything else in the world, I'm. There are certain things that I'm hopeful for, and other things that I'm just absolutely not hopeful for. I'm I'm hopeful that you know this new vaccine will uh will help and will help help us get back to some semblance of normal. Uh, I know it's not gonna happen anytime soon, but I'm hoping that you know. The, the end is near. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But on the other hand, I see these people having million mega marches saying we're going to destroy the GOP because they didn't get Trump reelected, which I, I'm fine with. But <laughs> at the same time, it's a cult of red hats just screaming about destroying things and people. And that doesn't make me feel comfortable. Yeah. Like it is so concerning that every single day they become more and more like the third reich yeah um they're just so beholden to this one person and his rule even though he's not it's necessarily not, telling them to do anything it's not necessarily him either it's his ideology yeah his whole you know fuck you i'm more important ideology and and the fact that people will buy into that <laughs> yeah and it's like you know You've got this counterculture that is comprised mainly of white men who, I'm sure I've said this before, you know, probably many times at this point, you've got this, this group of white men who suddenly weren't the most important thing in the world anymore. Um, you, know, when, you know, when Obama took office, it was like this revolution of sorts where it's just like yeah you know a black man can be president you know uh um you know and then when clinton ran it's like oh yeah a woman could be president you know and th- this kind of this kind of change over the last um uh, uh 12 years god i can't believe it's been that long um and um just these these white males have seen their their s- social status as you know they still are. There's, there's, the, white males are still the the most powerful subsection in the country, sure, if not the world. But, but it's dwindling. Yeah, but because yeah, because they've seen their place at the top threatened and diminished as they may see it. Um, that suddenly they're being disrespected and they're not important anymore. And you know the the world isn't for them anymore. And it's all this, you know, it's all, it's the world's attacking me. I've, you know, everything's against me, 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 me. And it's like, they can't see past their own fucking bullshit. And so then you get somebody like Trump who pops up and says, Hey, I'm a white male and I'm the most important person in the world. Fuck everyone else. And then all these diminished white men and not just white men, but people like just men in general. Um, you know, uh, 
you know, even minorities that are racist against other minorities. There's like, you're right. You know, these, these other people, they're the problem. It's just like, oh my God, this just happened in the thirties guys. (laughs) And they don't see a problem with it. Yeah. Like if you, if you dare to tell a Trump supporter that they're basically Nazis, there's like, oh, you should read a fucking history book because this is nothing like Nazis. You know, we're, you know, we're trying to get our place back in the world or, or whatever. It's like, anyway. So what, I mean, long story short, it's not necessarily Trump. It's the, it's what he represents. Sure. Same with Hitler. It wasn't just Hitler. Yeah. It was his, what he represented. Um, and yeah, you're right. The more and more you see all these red hats gathering and trying to usurp power, it, you know, they, they may not be in power anymore, you know, for another, after another month or so, they may not be in power anymore, but it's still scary. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that may make it worse. Yeah. Because I mean, the, the, uh, um, the Nazis weren't in power, like they, they took power. Yeah, they they took it from people who were in power. Um, so which is what Trump is trying to do. Yeah, with his, you know, he's he's trying to discredit the the election, which has been stopped on every front. Like even his even his hand picked uh, Supreme Court won't shot him down. Yeah, yeah. they they. Every, every attempt to overturn election results, they're just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, he gave these people their power. You know, the, the conservatives, justices, um, you know, and all the other judges that he's appointed to lower courts. Um, he's emboldened people in Congress and in the Senate. Um, and... The thing is, they don't need him anymore because he came in like a fucking bull in a china shop, cleared everything out, and they moved in Yeah, in his wake. And now he's on his way out looking for a little support, not getting any because they don't need him anymore. And it's like anybody with a fucking brain saw that coming. Yeah, like a lot of the the people that are still supporting him, I'm, I'm surprised by it. Cause I really thought they were all just kind of using him. Yeah. You'd think, yeah, I'm very shocked that he has any support left, but you know, if he got another four years, imagine what more they could do. Oh yeah. Which is just chilling to think about. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, that's all the politics. I mean, I know a lot of people bitch about hearing politics in your horror podcast, but this is our show. So, so this is the fuck you. This is what we decided to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Otherwise, no. Um, like I said, just hoping we can get back to some kind of semblance of normal that we can, you know, open up Disneyland next year and, uh, you know, start going to sporting events again. And I know it's going to be a slow rollout. There's going to be, you know, 25% capacity and then 50% capacity and stuff. And you're probably still going to have to wear masks. Probably, most of not, if not all of next year, still. Yeah, I, like a, a most recent thing I saw was end of next summer. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, Pfizer got approved. They're starting to roll out their vaccine. Uh, yeah, trucks rolled out today. The other one's supposed to be approved, I think, next weekend. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, like they're rolling out to all 50 states. Yep. They're um, all going to be microchipped by Bill Gates. And right. <laughs> We're all going to get autism somehow. <laughs> I, I posted a thing uh, in the Slack channel that I'm in, and I'm like, guys, just so you know, I just got the flu shot. So if I become autistic, now you know why. <laughs> oh, anti-vaxxers are idiots. <laughs> the I mean, whenever I think about conspiracy theories, the thing that the first thing that I always think about is what is the end game? Yeah. And it's like, why would science be like, what if we made everybody autistic? <laughs> like What's the end game there? <laughs> uh, anyway. like the people who are like talking about, oh, you know, making you wear a mask is just taking away your freedoms. It's like, it's really not though. <laughs> yeah, what freedoms? The freedoms to not wear a mask. <laughs> it's like you could still do like pretty much everything you used to. You, you just have to wear a mask. You can still not wear a mask. I watched the fucking MLS Cup last night, and they kept showing people in the crowd with no masks. People shouldn't even been in the crowd in the first place, if you ask me. But where where was the game? Columbus, Ohio. Oh, okay, wow, Ohio. That makes sense. Yeah, Ohio's a shithole. Sorry if you're a listener. Maybe I don't know. If you're an asshole, then I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry you're in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> get out. Yeah, ultimately, I'm sorry that you live in Ohio. Uh, but LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So what are you doing for Hanukkah? Uh, I don't know. You know, whatever people do. (laughs) You know, the normal Hanukkah stuff. As you can see, we have our menorah over here. (laughs) Sorry, there's no video, but you know it's it's there. Yeah. Trust me. There's uh, a three candles lit. <laughs> um, no, I I also am am Gentile, so I will will not be celebrating in the eight crazy nights. Right, but uh, you know we like like Tony said, we we've been waiting on this Hanukkah movie for like three years. Yeah, we've talked about doing a Hanukkah episode. Every year that this movie is supposed to come out, when it finally came out, we're like, all right, I guess this is the year. Yeah. But now, like, it's like, so now somebody needs to make a goddamn Kwanzaa Killer movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, like having this Hanukkah episode, it's like, we're going to be on the fifth night of Hanukkah is when this episode comes out. Sixth. Sixth, sixth night. Um, and then... <laughs> In two weeks, when we do our Christmas episode, it's actually going to be five days after Christmas. Yeah, which we've done before, have we? I feel like we have. It's, or maybe it's like just a, been like a day after Christmas. Every once in a while, it rolls around where it's like, all right, Christmas is right in the middle of the two episodes. Do we want to be super early or super late? Right. Yeah, and like I was telling you earlier, it's like I was toying around with the idea of like doing like a, a Decemberama thing, <laughs> or we do like a Hanukkah episode. Then a Christmas episode, and then like a New Year's episode, which is like that's that's a lot of things to do. Yeah, especially such a busy time too, because like even though we're still 
more or less on lockdown. There's just a lot of shit going on. Oh, sure. Yeah, you got to get all your Christmas shopping done. Plus, we still need to watch. I mean, I don't know about you, but I still need to watch movies for the Film Fest. Y- yeah. Yeah, I do. Need um, to get those done by the end of the month to get them off to our judges. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This weird year is so fucking weird. I hate it. Like I was just telling you when I got here. It's like, we're, we're at your apartment. And I was telling you, like, when I was at my house packing up all the recording stuff and getting ready uh, to leave, I was like, it's, it feels like six months since I've done this. <laughs> it's, it's been about a month-ish. I mean, it's, it's, it's at least three episodes, I think. So that's a month and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so it has been. We recorded been... remotely last episode. Right. And I think we recorded at your place the last two before that. Okay. So, okay, maybe that's been the better part of two months. Um, but as we've said before, you know, the whole 2020 time paradox where time is both, uh, you know, it's everything feels like yesterday and five years ago. Right. For sure. Um, did you like my Rick Astley paradox I gave you the other day? Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Basically, what if you asked Rick Astley to borrow his copy of Up, the movie? He's either going to have to give you up or else he's going to let you down. But he told me that he would never do either of those things. So he's a lying liar who lies. He's a phony. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, so I, let, so I suggest you let that one marinate. <laughs> Uh, what else is new? Um, well, I mean, speaking of the Great Plot Film Fest, don't forget the tickets are on sale now uh, over at greatplotfilmfest.com. It's going to be virtual this year. You can watch it from your own home, you know, just to keep everybody safe and healthy. Uh, it's going to be February 6th, 2021, uh, noon Pacific time. I don't know where you people are located in the world, but, uh, you can, like I said, you can watch it right from your own home. It's not going to be like an on-demand thing, so don't think that just after it airs, you can go back and watch it later. You're going to have to be there just like as if it were live. Um, Limited yeah. time only. Yeah. So head over to GreatPlotFilmFest.com. Get your tickets. Join us for the first ever Great Plot Film Fest home invasion. Get it? Get it, guys? Get it? Because we're invading your home virtually. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a watch-at-home thing. It's a joke, son. Speaking of which, you can get free tickets by joining us on Patreon. Like these fine people. Thanks, Taylor. Yes, our grave diggers over on Patreon are some just stellar people who support us financially um, because we are so poor. So poor. And uh, the show costs money. Not a lot, but it does. We have to pay for our website and hosting fees and, and whatnot. Um, and these people make it happen. Uh, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, for all your continued support. Uh, it does mean a lot to us that you uh, stand by us through the through the, the hard be- times, through the best of times, the and the worst times, time. and the good. Like the song, yeah. <laughs> um. Taylor, if anybody else wants to join this 
little shindig, where can they go? They can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Grave Plot Podcast. You can get perks for as little as $1, including video film reviews, which Tony has assured me he is working on, and he is going to get the backlog out ASAP. Yeah, I've got so we've got two more videos that we've that we've already recorded from last summer. <laughs> that would be 2019, guys. <laughs> yeah, for those of you at home. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got two more on deck. Uh, I started working on one a couple days ago. Um, I'm hoping to have it here. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, I, I'm not going to be held to that. But hopefully, here within the next week or so. Um, it'll be out, and then I'm going to try and get the next one out as quickly as possible. Then we'll be all caught up in and respect of things that we've already recorded. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll, we'll try and get, get those rolling again. Uh, in addition, to make up for the year and a half that we've missed on those, we're going to be rolling out a new perk where if you join us on Patreon, for like I said, for as little as $1, you can listen to uh, or actually watch also us do horror business live, and you can contribute via chat accurate it'll be in real time so maybe you'll hear some of your dumb comments on the podcast yep maybe maybe we, we, don't, we don't we're not obliged to read them out loud <laughs> i've been video streaming lately so i i can i can do that like i understand how to do it now. the old hat now yeah um yeah cool patreon get some yep that's the slogan that's our slogan <laughs> Uh, okay, so anything else? I don't think so. All right, let's do some horror business. All right, starting out some real world horror. Taylor has assured me that this story is very meaty, (laughs) juicy, and fun to talk about. Look, guys, real world horror can be a slog sometimes, okay? <laughs> it's much easier to just find news stories about people trying to make movies in a pandemic than it is for people to, like, it's a delicate balance where we don't want to be like, hey, 20 people died in a fire. Real world horror. Yeah, let's make jokes let's about make it. Let's make jokes about it, right? So, uh, yeah, but, you know, maybe maybe this week's isn't the best, but let's let's, let's dig in and find out. Maybe we can we can uh, spice it up a little. You know where they like spices? Mexico. That is a hell of a damn segue. <laughs> uh, yes, down in Mexico. Um, is that a song? Way down Mexico way. Is that a thing? It sounds like a thing. <laughs> it sounds like it's probably a thing. It sounds like it should be a thing. <laughs> Anyway, you know the Aztecs. You've heard of them. Yeah, Gene Autry, down Mexico way. There we go. Good old Gene Autry coming in the clutch. Wait, it's a movie. It's not a song. <laughs> Fuck. Well, those cowboys always had like... They probably sang a song in it. Probably Just, a song. It was Gene Autry. Like, the guy sang songs. He's a singing cowboy. I think that was like his nickname. It's Yeah, sure. <laughs> South of the Border, down Mexico way by Gene Autry and Faye McKenzie. Oh, yeah. Uh... South of the border made a little senorita or something, something like that. (laughs) 
Oh, no, this is a different song. Down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love. But yeah, it's a song. <laughs> Nailed it. I knew it. I knew it the whole time. I knew it was Gene Autry. I know Gene Autry's whole catalog. You know fucking Gene Autry. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so the Aztecs, an ancient uh, community of people, people <laughs> in Mexico. <laughs> Aztec warriors. You may have heard of them. Anyway, they predicted we were all going to die in 2012. Wasn't that the Mayans? Oh, that was the Mayans. Never mind. What's the difference? Cut that out. <laughs> um, well, you know, they're, a lot of their stuff, you know, structures and tools and just like their whole way of life have been, you know, mostly buried by the sands of time. Um, but as archaeologists are want to do, they have been unearthing this stuff for, for centuries at, at this point. Um, so it looks like this is something that they've been working on for a, a while, I think. Um, but archaeologists have just unearthed uh, new sections of a tower. Um, okay, there we go. Um, <clears throat> yes, uh, they unearthed new sections of a tower uh, built by the Aztecs. Um, now, what did Aztecs build things from, Taylor? Uh, Adobe. Sure, yeah. I mean, probably. Can you say that? Can you say Adobe? <laughs> Adobe. <laughs> uh, apparently, they also made uh, structures from human skulls, because this archaeology team has uncovered the facade and eastern side of this tower, as well as 119 human skulls of men, women, and children. Oh, my. <laughs> adding to hundreds of previously found um, by the National Institute of Anthro Anthropology and History. Also known as Ina. <laughs> yep, that's what they like to be called. <laughs> <clears throat> Wait, that's not right. Shouldn't it be Naya? Maybe it's Spanish. Institute. Is is I don't know what the Spanish word for institute is, but institución. Maybe institución. De, de nacional. Nacional. Anthropology e history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got it. We took we took two years of high uh, of high school Spanish, and twenty years of Spanglish. <laughs> right. <laughs> we just we just like kind of made one word sound Spanish, and then we just said the rest in English except for E. <laughs> well, you know, I took two years of uh, Spanish in high school. I think I failed both years, but somehow managed to move into second year. Um, I did really well in Spanish in high school. I think I would have done well if I did homework. That was my... <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. That was my problem in school, was doing homework. Because um, it's like, you know... I'm not special in this regard because I'm sure millions of kids feel the same way, but it's like, you know, I go to school for six to eight hours a day. I don't want to come home and do more school. Like, teach me what you want me to learn at school on your time so I can come home and have my time. 
Yeah, like if my job was like, hey, so once you get off work at five, we're going to need you to keep working for another two hours. I'd be like, you're going to need to keep paying me for another two hours. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like there are jobs where you're just on, you're on call. You're constantly on call. And usually they pay you for that. Yeah. But if not, then it's like, go oh, fuck yourself. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to go find a new job. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know where fucking schools get off on doing that. There are schools out there, it's kind of like new age learning, where they don't assign homework, which I love. <laughs> anyway. Um, Back to Castle Gray School. But like, so what I, what I was getting at is like I took two years of high school Spanish, and I think I learned more Spanish by hanging out with my Mexican friends in, in <laughs> California. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, the tower is about five meters in diameter and uh, was discovered in 2017. <clears throat> These latest discoveries were made in March, so this is breaking news. Well, I think that was the latest discoveries before this. Oh, well, maybe. Who knows? Let's say that so that it's more relevant. Uh, it's believed to be part of the... Huey. Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. <laughs> it's nice. Huey. Huey's too black Zog. sounding for me. It's probably like Huey. Huey. I want to make sure everyone knows that was an American psycho quote. <laughs> what? I said, I said Huey's too black sounding for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> um, uh, Huey Zomenpat. Pentazone Pantley. I need to like spell this out phonetically. It's just too many letters that don't work together. Uh, <clears throat> which is a huge array of skulls that. What? I think it's Tizone Pantley. I think you say the T. I don't think it's a silent T. So I think it's like Tizone Pantley. I have to think about like how each letter is pronounced because I know like as opposed to English where we have different sounds for different for the same letter in Spanish. Unless there's an accent sign over the letter, mm -hmm. it's 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 constant. There's yeah. always a constant sound. Like letter A, it's always ah, unless it has an accent over it. Man, somewhere like Gigi Guerrero was listening to this, just being like, "These fucking gringos." She's not listening. To this. No, she's not. Kid <laughs> yourself. <laughs> but somewhere there's some Spanish-speaking <laughs> listener just being like, "These fucking gringos." Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, Tower's original discovery surprised, surprised anthropologists. Um, they were looking to find the skulls of young male warriors. But as I said, they found skulls of women and children, which apparently raised questions of human sacrifice in the Aztec Empire, which I didn't know that was in question. I thought that was just kind of a given. Or was that the Mayans? I think that was the Mayans. Yeah, I think the Mayans did the human sacrifice. I don't think there was a, a, a history known of human sacrifice in the Aztec culture. Is there? Okay. I, but again, I, I could be wrong. I, I, I know very little about anything. I mean, for there to be that many children's skulls to be like of concern, like, you know, kids don't just, well, bury the boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe kids were dying, you know, left and right back then from disease or something. Yeah, could be. Hard to say. 
Although we can't say how many of these individuals were warriors, uh, perhaps some were captives uh, and were destined for sacrificial sacrificial ceremonies, uh, says archaeologist Raul Barrera. Um, that was a good art roll there. It, was it? Yeah. I'm I, expecting you to just be like Barrera. Barrera. <laughs> Raul. But you actually hit it a little bit. It's it's hard for me to roll my tongue because you got a big fat tongue. Got a big fat tongue. <laughs> I remember in, in my second year of high school Spanish, like my first year was taught by my my teacher was Mexican, like from from Mexico. His his primary language was Me- uh, was a almost a Mexican <laughs> was Spanish, and so he taught Mexican dialect Spanish. Mm. But then my second year was she, she was actually a black lady, but she. Uh, went to college in Spain, so her just yeah the Spanish she, she had Spanish dialect. So I had to learn a whole new uh, you know World. type of speaking because, like you know, in in Spanish in general you have nosotros. In Spain you have España, España. You have vosotros with a V. I mean you have both, mm. and, and like but in Mex in Mexican Spanish you don't have. Vosotros. So is that's just an example. Anyway, <clears throat> it's like how in England, where they speak English, they call cookies biscuits. Stupid. I'm not calling cookies biscuits. I sure do love Oreo biscuits. <laughs> if you call cookies biscuits, what do you call biscuits? Because I'm not saying scone. <laughs> you know, my wife has a British uh, friend. Um, who's actually like a chef. Um, and I think you've told this story on the podcast before. Have I? Yeah. About or, like, like the sweet scones. And- yeah. Like I was like, I think I was probably drunk. <laughs> I think we were probably both drunk. I was just like, why do you guys call cookies biscuits? It's like, because that's what they're called. Biscuits. Why is your Lake Titicaca not full of <laughs> boobs and poop? <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you, what do you call uh, like an actual, like a breakfast biscuit or a dinner like a KFC biscuit. He's like, those are scones. What do you call scones? <laughs> what are scones? He's like, they're sweet scones. There's, there's but savory. They're different things. There's savory scones and sweet scones. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You're full of shit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, also, they get away with saying cunt over there like it's no big deal. And twat. <laughs> yeah. Twat doesn't really have the same connotation here as it does. No. But- yeah, like women don't get really upset when you say twat. <laughs> right. They do when you say cunt. <laughs> cunt. Cunt. You want to talk about cunt? <laughs> hey, Wayne. Never seen so much cunt in your life. <laughs> but over there, it's like saying dick. Right. Just like their word for cigarettes, which I think is like, Kind of phased out. Like I don't think many people say that anymore. But they just say cigarette now. I think so. I don't like. I know. Well, you like, guys are learning something today. <laughs> all kinds of dialects. I think like dart. I mean, I know like Canadians say that, but I think Brits might say it as well. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. But I know they say it a lot on Letterkenny. Right. <laughs> I'd, I'd have, have a, a dart. I'd have a dart. Having a dart, likely. <laughs> likely. <laughs> Last um, night, uh, Cheese was like, do you want one of your beers? Because we went and got beers from the brewery. Um, I was like, I have a beer. <laughs> Fuck, I don't have eight beers. 
She's like, why'd you say it like that? I was like, just, yes, I'll have a beer. Did she not watch Letterkenny with you? No. Fuck. Like, sometimes. But not, she won't just like sit down and watch it. So she'll be in the room, but not actually paying attention to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Kristen does. Okay. Uh, um, back to the story. Still um, on this fucking story. Right. Uh, we do, we've made it more entertaining. <laughs> By just for, not talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> it was more entertaining for us. Maybe not for people listening. But, you know, we're most importantly, so fuck you guys. Um, uh, us on Patreon. Barrera uh, says, we do know that they were all ma- made sacred. Um, they were turned into gifts for the gods or even personifications of deities themselves. I'm sure that was comforting in their final waning moments of life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, in that kind of culture, it's just like... To a degree, I mean, I'm sure at least some people, if not most, probably saw it as an honor. That's true. You, I know, I know you never watched it, but you're aware of Lucha Underground, right? I am aware of it. Correct. So they had this thing where they would have matches for medallions. There were seven medallions, and then the winners of the medallions would put them in a belt, and it was called the Gift of the Gods Championship. Mm. So there's just a belt with a bunch of empty slots in it mm-hmm. okay does somebody actually wear it before it's full no not before it's full so one you person to win a medallion then they have like a seven-way match for the title and they put all their medallions in it and then you can cash in the title for a shot at the lucha underground championship oh, let's see okay anyway so skulls in mexico castle guys. gray skull Casa Grayskull. <laughs> Casa de Grayskull. <laughs> so last week we saw the video game awards take place. And there were a bunch of new games announced, but two that really kind of caught our eye. Yeah, give us half a chub. Uh, more than half in the one case. <laughs> I tell you what, the first one we're going to talk about that I'm really, really excited about, fucking Back 4 Blood. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you've listened to this show, we've talked about it before, but for those of you that don't know, it is a spiritual successor to the Left for Dead series. Yeah, spiritual in that it is exactly, exactly the, the fucking same. same. May not be the same story necessarily, but gameplay identical. Yeah, uh, Turtle Rock Studios, the the company behind Left for Dead, they put out a trailer as well as I think like four and a half minutes or something of actual gameplay footage. And yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of Left for Dead, I think I think you're going to be happy with this because it looks like the gameplay and the way that the the game plays out are going to be exactly the same. Like you start out in the little um, safe house, mm-hmm. exactly like Left 4 Dead. The everything about that safe house looked exactly straight out of the Left 4 Dead. Right. Like it's the door just, is exactly the same, and everything it was modernized, better graphics. Sure. Yeah. More you know more current to the time. Um, but yeah, aside from that, like it 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 was like looking at a new sequel for Le- Left 4 Dead. Yeah, and. You know, in the trailer, you see a bunch of the zombies, and they have the kind of mutated zombies that they had in the first one, but they're a little different. 
Yeah. Which was the same as, you know, between Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. You had these kind of mutations. Um, in this one, instead of the spitter, they have the hawker. Oh, is that what it is? That's his name. Yeah. Okay. He's got four arms. So I know that the spitter in Left 4 Dead was always a female. Mm. Um, is the hawker a male or do you know? Or I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, and then some other ones you see in the trailer, there's a, it looks like the boomer from Left 4 Dead 2, but he's got like an exposed skull and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they took the tank and just made him like, 15 20 feet tall yeah um reminded me a lot a a lot of um uh fucking titan from um resident evil oh yeah so there's one big giant fucking arm (laughs) um yeah so back for blood can be played online with a squad of four players or solo with three ai teammates Uh, The game will support up to eight players in online person versus person multiplayer. The story, that's interesting. How do they do that? So like two teams of four. And then how do you do, how do you do person? Does one team play as zombies or something? Maybe it's like a um, King of the Hill type thing. Maybe it's like who can kill more. Probably. That, That would be my guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, the story takes place after a catastrophic outbreak where most of humanity has either been killed or infected by the parasitic devil worm. Which is different than uh, Left 4 Dead. It's a virus, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hardened by unspeakable events and embodied, emboldened to fight for the last of humanity, a group of apocalypse veterans called the Cleaners have rallied to take on the infected horrors known as the Ridden and reclaim the world. I am so fucking hype on this game. Yeah, man. Like, I we've need... been waiting for a new Left 4 Dead forever. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, we did um, the Creepy Crawl for the Horror Addicts, um, and we played an hour's worth of Left 4 Dead 2. Um, we got nice and nice and loaded. And, uh, like, the, that's when the game's at its best, when you're just drunk off your ass. <laughs> Because then you just panic, <laughs> and you move around like, like very uh, poorly. <laughs> it's easy to lose, which creates a fun new challenge. And you just you just run in guns blazing. You don't give a shit. Yeah, unless it's the witch. You hear the witch crying, and you're just like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, that's when you sober up, and you're just like, okay, everybody, calm down. Yeah, be, be cool. <laughs> Do I look drunk? <laughs> Do you think she knows I'm drunk? <laughs> uh, we got to do that again. What's stopping us? Oh. <laughs> All right. Do you still have that Xbox One? No. Oh. So we couldn't stream it then? Yeah, we could. You can stream from the 360? Yeah. Oh. I'd have to finagle it like i have i have uh, a thing that will like you, you run the xbox into this thing it's called an elgato it's it's used for game streaming plug the hdmi into the into this elgato and then you plug that into the computer and then you stream it from oh, there. okay <clears throat> um i think 
like I bought it for the creepy crawl and i don't remember if we ever actually used it because no because you were borrowing somebody's xbox one and we ended up using that right and, and, and yeah we could stream directly from that right yeah yeah anyway but yes still can okay um but back for blood is going to be coming next year uh no oh no I, I guess there's a specific date june 22nd 2021 for PC, PS4, PS5, X, uh, the new Xbox Series S and X, as well as Xbox One. So there you go, guys. Uh, June 22nd, 2021. Look for <laughs> Drunk Ass Gaming with Grave Plot. Um, <clears throat> I, I really hope that there's a Google Stadia port. I know a lot of people shit on Google Stadia, um, but it... it really does work really well and um and you can stream directly to youtube through it like you don't even need any kind of wires or setup or anything you just push a button and you're streaming Hmm. um also announced that i think more people are probably interested in is evil dead colon the game nice simple name (laughs) uh this they showed a trailer and some gameplay or no i guess they didn't actually show any there's gameplay in the trailer, but it wasn't like just a straight video of gameplay. But uh, the the big news here is that Bruce Campbell is the voice of Ash in this game. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like it's like um, like voice capture from from movies. It sounds like he actually, yeah, it sure seemed like it was it was yeah. new stuff. Um, the game will feature co op and player versus player action and looks to include not only Bruce Campbell's Ash, but also Dana DeLorenzo's Kelly Maxwell from Ash vs. Evil Dead, Marcus Gilbert's Arthur from Army of Darkness, Richard DeMoniker's Scotty from The Evil Dead, and even Ash's cameo hungry 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale. Which, of course, I mean, of course you got to have the Delta in there. I took her down in the back of my dad's Oldsmobile. <laughs> um,. But what's cool is it, you watch the trailer and it seems like there's it, it kind of combines all three of the Evil Dead movies and Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. Like you've got characters from the the uh, Dark Ages from Army of Darkness and then you've got Kelly from Ash, Ash versus Evil Dead and they're all playing together. Yeah. I kind of wish it was Pablo. I hope Pablo is like a DLC at least or something. That'd be awesome. I fucking love Pablo. <laughs> He's like, like, I love Ash. Ash is one of my favorite film characters of all time. I fucking love Pablo. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> uh, this is coming to PS5, Xbox Series, this is, uh, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC sometime next year. No specific date on this one. And again, I'm hoping for a Stadia port. I, like, I think most Stadia games are just like ports of PC games. So since the, both of these are coming out on PC... I'm hoping that they can just kind of port them over to, to Stadia. But I'm no video game developer, so I don't know how that works. Xbox Series. Is that the new one? The Series X and Series S. Okay. Xbox, as soon as the 360 came out, they were fucked. Because they didn't want to just copy PlayStation and be like Xbox 2, Xbox 3. So they decided to get all cute with it yeah. and make the 360. And then it was the Xbox One, which was actually the Xbox 3. And now it's the Xbox Series X and Series S. It's like, guys, just fucking figure it out. That's what I said. So figure it out. Fucking Microsoft, man. Like, they did Windows, uh, like, they had Windows 3, and they had Windows 3.1, 
And then I don't know what happened to Windows 4, 5, or 6, but then they had, or sorry, yeah, I don't know what happened to uh, Windows 4 and 5 and possibly even 6, but then they had Windows Vista. And then Windows 95. Oh, wait, didn't they have like Windows Alta or something like that? Or It doesn't sound familiar to me, but I don't know. Yeah, they had Windows Vista, which was a fucking train wreck. And then XP. Oh, wait, no, XP came before Vista. So maybe XP was like Windows 5 or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I think Windows 4 is missing somewhere, though. Anyway. I know Windows 9 is missing. They went from 8 to X. Or 10 or whatever. They skipped 9. I feel like there's something in between... Seven, but same thing. They also then they had Windows ninety five. Like they just pick a naming convention. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I forgot about Windows ninety five. So I guess that came after Windows three. So that I guess that must have been Windows four. Never really thought about it. But yeah, why are you making such a fucking pain in the ass? Yeah, just number them. Yeah, that's what we like. We like numbering conventions. Simple ones. Yeah. Like I mean, Android on the most recent or on ten. They stopped doing the dessert names and they just started being Android 10, Android 11. Because they ran out of desserts. I think it's because they got to Q. Uh, and they went, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> quiche. Is quiche really a dessert, though? I think it can be. It's true. There's probably dessert quiches. Yeah. Like a like a tart. A tart, yeah. But once you get to like Z, I don't know. I don't know. what I can't think of a Z dessert. Isn't there like a zebra cake? Isn't it like a little Debbie thing? I don't know. I think I think there's like a zebra cake, maybe. But then what? You gotta just go back to A, or I guess. Do they still have to pay um, Lucas Arts or Lucas Studios for um, the name Droid or Android? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that was actually them or if it was because I think the Droid phone was a Verizon exclusive, so it might have been Verizon that had to pay Lucas. That's right. Droid. Yeah. Okay. The phone was a droid. You're right. Anyway, <clears throat> games. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that these games are coming out for the new systems um, as well as the old ones, because it's like <clears throat> I don't. I think the similar story with the new Xbox or new Xboxes um, is just they sold out as fast as they hit the shelves. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with PlayStation 5. It's like, that's like the, the one thing I asked for for Christmas, and I'm about 99% sure I'm not going to get one. It's the one thing my brother asked for, too. I was like, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And he was like, PS5, but I know I'm not going to get it. I'm like, you're damn sure you're not going to get it from me, so. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, it, but it's it's so I mean I'm I might have my PlayStation Four for a while because I have no idea when I'm gonna actually be able to get a PlayStation Five. Yeah, it's like you know I'm a fucking adult. It's like if I want to go and put five hundred dollars in my credit card and buy a PlayStation Five, I'm gonna fucking do it because <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> but he's just prepping the speech he's gonna tell his wife right now. Oh, I've already told her this. <laughs> I, I said almost this exact thing to her. <laughs> um, but. And she's like, you got to save money for the baby. I'm like, the baby doesn't need to play a fucking PlayStation. Baby can't play PlayStation. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, for, for me as a game, like, I'm not a very big gamer. So I, the, the Stadia is perfect for me because I don't have to pay for a system. Mm-hmm. Like I just, 
I didn't even have to buy the the controller. Like you can play it with any controller. Oh really? Yeah. Just a, like a Bluetooth connection. Yeah, and you just buy the game, and then that's it. That's it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always been a PlayStation guy. Of the game, most of the games that I've wanted to play have always been either PlayStation exclusive or on PlayStation. So I've just always played PlayStation. Never went to Xbox. Um, never did any of the Nintendo systems beyond Super Nintendo. Um, and it's just kind of carried on for years, not for any particular reason, just because that's what I know. But um, I want a PlayStation 5 because my PlayStation 4 is, you know, several years old. The um, Blu-ray drive starting to kind of crap out. Um, you know, it doesn't have the kind of internal memory that it, it really needs to run in all these new games. Um, and um, it has an HD Blu-ray drive, which... You know, I'm a big fan of physical media. Like, I, I believe in physical media rather than digital. Um, so if I want to collect Blu-rays, and, you know, if, if regular Blu-rays are going to be harder and harder to get, or if everything's going to be moving over to high def, or, or you know, um, uh, uh, what do they call them? I think HD Blu-ray doesn't make sense because they're already HD. Ultra HD? Ultra, thank you. I couldn't think of the the uh, <clears throat> ridiculous name they gave it. Ultra HD. Um, they handle those, so where the PlayStation Four doesn't. So anyway, but I, I'm glad that in the meantime, these new games are still coming out on the older systems because I, like many many other people, will probably not be having one of the new generation systems for a while. And I, while I hope that these games come out on Stadia, I'm happy that Back for Blood is coming to PlayStation because Left for Dead was an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, that's that another thing. I was always, I could never play it myself. Like, I always had to come hang out with you to play it. Yeah. Um, so now I'll have to come and hang out with you to play it. <laughs> right. Remember when you... Oh, how the turntables... <laughs> Remember when you lived in your place on, uh, was it Beacon Hill? Or Rainier beach or something i don't know that that townhouse you lived in yeah and i used to pack up my uh playstation and bring it over and play fucking guitar hero yeah no rock band that's what it was yeah good times that was good times <laughs> okay that was a long ass story isn't there more or oh, that's a separate story <clears throat> which we'll talk about now All right, so continuing with the theme of games, but uh, not so much of the video variety. The tabletop variety, as it were. Right. Uh, oh, the horror. <laughs> I think it's more like, oh, the horror. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Not just like, oh, the horror. <laughs> oh, I get it. The horror. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it is a card game. Uh, players decide how the horror will end. After being laid off due to the effects of the pandemic, three of the twisted minds behind Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights, Patrick Brailliard, 
Nate Stevenson, and Jacob McAllister uh, came together to create a one-of-a-kind card game perfect for horror fans. Um, do we have any more details on the game itself? Uh, if you click the gameplay link there, there's a, a document that actually shows how to play. Okay. So it looks like you have one death dealer, and then uh, it's it's a minimum of three players. Mm-hmm. And so the, the death dealer plays a card, and uh, it's has like it looks like a character, and then everyone else has to play a method card of how they're going to kill this person, or how this person is going to kill people. Okay. Um. Then it, okay, it, so it sounds like it's kind of like a Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, it's another one of these kind of voting games. Right. So, yeah, it looks like basically you kind of do like a, a round-the-table thing where you set down um, a killer card. So the, the killer in, in this situation. Then a victim card, which, again, is the, the victim in this given situation. And then the method of death. And basically, you just go around and create these combinations, and then whoever creates the best combination, assuming by the the uh, the judging of the audience or the you know the other it looks players, like it's, it's the judging of the death dealer. Actually, is it okay? Which I guess is the same with Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, um, you know, picks up the cards, and then whoever has the most cards at the end wins. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, very similar to. Cards Against Humanity as far as gameplay. So it's fun though. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm a big fan of tabletop and board games. Um and what I okay, like Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> I know. It's it's a uh very kind of archaic thing, especially with video games being so popular. But I I've always just been a fan of getting people together and just sitting around a table and playing old school board games. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I like about this is that uh, it's horror adjacent, but it's not like super creepy or dark. So I can get cheese to play and I can get, you know, other people who aren't as into horror as you and I to actually sit down and play it. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely sounds like something that would, yeah, like you said, be more appealing to a broader audience, <clears throat> not necessarily horror fans, because, you know, I have these two games that are fairly identical in in style they're basically like horror trivial pursuit but the fact is like i can't really play it with anybody but you yeah (laughs) i mean not only because you and i as far as like people that we you know close friends people that we actually hang out with not only are you and i like basically the only like horror fans but even other horror fans that we might associate with you know like uh, you know, Nesgoda or, or Max or, or, or whoever don't know as much as we do. Yeah. So it's kind of a one-sided thing. They're much thing. more casual horror fans. Yeah. Um, so it's like while I like to the, kind of read the cards and challenge myself, I can't really play with anyone. Yeah. Especially not like, uh, you know, Kristen and Cheese because right. they don't... Yeah. They have zero interest in yeah, that. Yeah. Not only do they not know, they don't care. They don't... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway... Um, but yeah, so there's a Kickstarter. Uh, I assume that'll be in the show notes. Um, 
Yeah, don't let me forget. <laughs> I'll try. A uh, bunch of different perks. Um, so, I mean, it looks like you got, you know, just basic support, um, but also, you know, one where you get the actual game, obviously. Um, uh, let's see, all the way up to... Oh, so you can actually be featured as a killer on one of the cards That's available fun. in the deck for uh, for a thousand dollars. So they're going for a fifteen thousand dollar goal uh, at the time of this recording. They're at about eighty seven hundred. Um, Twenty five dollars is the uh, the cost to get the game itself, which is pretty good. It's not bad. I mean, you know, if you would have told me that ten years ago, I'd have been like, "Fuck you." Yeah, but now just based on what games are going for nowadays that's just kind of what i come to expect it always feels like you're you pay a little extra for kickstarted stuff too uh, yeah definitely it's like you're buying it and you're also helping it get made in the first place so you you contribute a little more yeah like there's i just backed this indiegogo uh a few days or uh, about a week ago um it was a comic book it was a red sonia comic comic book from dynamite entertainment um and like i don't read red sonia but the reason I bought it was because it's an exclusive cover from a comic artist that I really like. Um, and, uh, you know, I want to support him. So I bought the comic. And, you know, when I go to a comic book store, I don't expect to pay more than like five bucks for, for a comic book. But this one was like 20. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, these um, crowdsourced thing or crowdfunded things uh, tend to be a little more pricey, but... It's also a little more exclusive. Yeah. Because, you know, whereas, um, you know, like um, um, Mixtape, Mixtape Massacre, that was, I don't know if it was Indiegogo or Kickstarter originally. It was Kickstarter. Um, and, you know, you can go to their website and buy it now, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it started out where you could only buy it from the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of a, a little, I don't know. <laughs> Aside from bragging rights, not much else, but it's just an exclusive little club that you belong to, I guess. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, they'll do like early bird things where it's like, oh, if you do it before this date, you can get, you know, 10% off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and they've got stretch goals, which, um, you know, involve uh, more cards, I assume. Um, anyway, yeah, it looks fun. Uh, and for, would you say 25 bucks? Mm-hmm. Not so bad. It's pretty cool. It's, it's from people who uh, behind Halloween Horror Nights. That's, yeah, that's pretty exciting. It's a interesting. I'd, I'd say there's an interesting uh, change in career, I guess. Or, yeah, or in media. But same thing with uh, Mixtape Massacre. They were all, like a marketing agency or something like that. I think they were they were digital arts. Oh, okay, well, still developing a board game. Yeah, it's quite different from what they're they're. Typical bread and butter. Was. Man, I I have like tried to sit down and think about mapping out a board game. It is difficult. Yeah, man. To like to come up with something original, most of all. Yeah. Because it's like every time you start to, you're like, oh, I got a good idea. And you start going this path and you're like, oh, this is Candyland. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not always a bad thing. I mean, think about how many fucking times Monopoly has been remade. Well, this is true. Um, but you know, like an example I can think of is when we went to Crypticon and they were demoing the evil dead game mm-hmm. and it's like, this game had been through fucking 
you know, how many years of testing and, you know, development. And they're actually, they had people there at Crypticon playing it, you know, as, as kind of a test group. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching these people playing and they're finding just kind of not necessarily loopholes, but just kind of broken rules like things like, well, you know, if you're doing this, why doesn't this apply? Things like that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, people that were there representing the company, taking notes, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, make a good point. Yeah. Um, so that kind of shit has to happen. And it's just like, how much time am I willing to devote to this? You <laughs> right. Because you're not going to get it right the first time. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this has 18 days left to go, so it'll be 15 when you're listening to this. Um, I might throw down on this. Yeah, why not? Uh, estimated delivery for the games is June of next year. But if you've donated to a Kickstarter year before, you know those dates usually don't hold up. Right. <laughs> I uh, backed a... Especially in this climate. I backed, I can't remember if it was a Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Um, it was uh, this guy who made um, playing cards, but they were, were like uh, really like gothic looking and it just had a cool style to them. I think the deck cost like 25 bucks or something. So, yeah, fuck it. It was cool cards because I was in, into like doing like magic tricks at the time mm. and stuff. Um, <clears throat> the guy like ran out of money. And, like, he had the cards made but couldn't afford to ship them. Whoops. So the warehouse, or the I don't know if it was, like, a warehouse where they were storing them or, like, maybe the printer or something. They all, they have all the cards. And he's like, well, so you'll have to go to them directly and oh, say, geez. you have, you know, these, this is my order from, from this fundraiser. Send me my order. And I had to pay for shipping. And like I contacted this company and never heard back, so I was just out the money. Oh wow, that kind of shit happens more, not all that often, at least in my experience. But it does happen. I mean, there was the whole thing with the Evil Dead game. I don't know if it was the same one that we saw, but there was a lot of drama with an Evil Dead game. Well, I think it was the same game. It, well, it, the one we saw at Crypticon, that it was that game. It was, yeah. Uh, that that game developer fucked everybody yep. that backed their fundraiser, but then some other company picked it up. Yeah, and actually finished made the game. it, and and actually sent it out for everybody that already backed it. With that, that was the thing. Like, I saw so many people complaining about that and being like, "It's a, it's a big scam." And I, I was like, "It's not though." I saw the game. Yeah, it exists. <laughs> Just maybe the people that made it are shitty businessmen. Yeah, they fucked up somewhere. Anyway. So yeah, um, oh the horror! Check it out, guys. So earlier this week, uh, Disney had their big investor day where they announced 14,712 new projects. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least it felt like it. I was following along on Twitter, and it was like almost six hours of just straight announcements. Well, they own fucking everything now. Well, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, you got fucking Marvel, Star Wars, uh, you know, their TV networks. Pixar. Pixar, Hulu. um, FX. 
Yeah. Uh, it's fucking insane. But among <clears throat> the announcements was a Hulu series based on the movies in the Alien franchise. That is interesting. That is interesting. In, I would don't think I would ever expect to hear Disney being announcing aliens things. Well, I mean, you know, Alien is a Fox franchise, right? Um, so you figure if they're going to continue the, the 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 franchise, like it has to happen at some point. Um, and you know, Twentieth Century Studios, formerly Twentieth Century Fox, is all you know. All, all their properties are still intact. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of Disney kind of being the the supreme leader. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other things they announced, they announced Indiana Jones 5. Uh, it's going to be the last in the series. Thank Christ. Dude, Harrison Ford is going to be 80 when that movie comes out. Stupid. <laughs> um, Just reboot it with Chris Pratt already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking A. I didn't think I'd ever be like advocating for a reboot, but... Just better than watching 97-year-old Harrison Ford tr- trying to chase down Nazis. Did you watch Indiana Jones? Uh, the, Crystal the Crystal Skull? No, I did not. It was bad. That's what I've heard. That's why I didn't watch it. I mean, not just because it had Shia LaBeouf in it. <laughs> they also announced a remake of Three Men and a Baby with Zac Efron. I'm kind of on board with that. <laughs> they announced, I think, 12 new Star Wars projects. Ridiculous. Uh, a movie about buzz lightyear the person apparently they're now deciding that the buzz lightyear toy is based on a real person yeah that's weird he's gonna be voiced by chris evans oh really yeah interesting and people are like why not tim allen and i'm like because fuck tim allen yeah (laughs) we were watching christmas with the cranks the other day and Kristen was like i really like this movie but i really hate tim allen (laughs) like yeah he's a prick yep hey guys word to the wise don't compare being a Trump supporter or a conservative to being black or a Jew. Yeah. It's uh, not just a Jew, a Jew in Nazi Germany. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Holocaust era Jew. That's what he said. I, yeah. It's uh, it's not going to go well for you. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the Willow series, they announced that is finally coming. Right. Is um, that a series? Yeah, it's going to be a series. Okay. I, I think. Now I'm double, double guessing myself. Second guessing myself. That's the one. Um, <laughs> most of the stuff is coming to Disney. Pl- oh, Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Yeah, man. <laughs> With Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as Chip and Dale. So good. Hook it to my veins. <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking about who's going to play Monty. Like you said, Nick Frost. It's like, yeah, Nick Frost. <laughs> Fucking A, Nick Frost. But who's going to play Gadget? I don't know. Uh, Kristen Bell. I could see that. I'd be, yeah, that would that work. Just, just pull it out, out of thin air. Um, anyways, back to Alien. <laughs> We're going to have a new, um, new generation lusting after a cartoon squirrel. <laughs> um, this, this, this is, yeah, that's right. This is set in the Alien universe, coming to Hulu. With Noah Hawley, uh, who is, a, I guess, showrunner or something on both Legion and Fargo, uh, developing the series. Uh, the only thing we really know so far is that it will take place on Earth. First time we've seen the Xenomorphs on Earth. 
No. No? Alien versus Predator. Oh, we, we, we don't we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. Um the FXTs says expect a scary thrill ride set not too far in the future here on Earth. Um, they went on to say by blending both the timelines or sorry, timeless horror of the first alien film with the nonstop action of the second, it's going to be a scary thrill ride that will blow people back in their seats. That will blow people in their dicks. Blow people in their seats. You sit there in your seat and then someone just comes and blows you and you're like, this is the best movie ever. (laughs) The best. I fucking love Disney. (laughs) Um, and Ridley Scott is apparently in talks to executive produce. <laughs> in other words, Ridley Scott is like, give me my money. <laughs> hey, guys, don't at me, but fuck Ridley Scott and his alien movies. <laughs> Dan, James Let's get Cameron Jim Cameron in on this. Dude, seriously, to date, Aliens is the best alien movie. Like, without question. People that say the first one's the best, you are fucking drunk. <laughs> and nobody's saying Alien 3 is the best, because that was terrible. What about uh what about uh the the one with Danny McBride? Oh no, that was terrible. <laughs> Prometheus and uh what was the one after that? Was it Resurrection? Was it Resurrection? Or was that the one with Winona Ryder? I can't keep them I straight. Yeah, Prometheus and the one after that. They were terrible. And those are Ridley Scott movies. Yep. So bad. Yep. Fuck Ridley Scott. <laughs> anyway. We didn't even get to see Benedict Cumberbatch's hog, so. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, you mean um, the the other guy, fucking Magneto. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, Fassbender. Yeah, his giant I fucking dick, always apparently. always get them confused for some reason. They look nothing alike. No. And there's not like their names are similar either. Right? <laughs> uh, yep. So there you go. Yeah, if I'm going to keep hearing about Fassbender's giant dong, he's going to have to hang it at some point. <laughs> he did. He did? Yeah, that's how people know. Oh, I thought it was just a rumor. No, no, no. I, I haven't seen it myself, but apparently... Wait, and what? Um, snow so, snow something? Oh, snow something, sure. It's, it's snow movie. piercer? No, that was Chris Evans. Chris Evans hangs dong in snow piercer? No. Oh. He did hang dong on Twitter, though. <laughs> for like five seconds. <laughs> Unfortunate. Long enough for people to screen cap. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just going to... Fastbender penis movie. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> safe search, safe search. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, Thundergun. Thundergun. Was it Thundergun? Did he hang dong in Thundergun? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Dolph Lundgren. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, coming to Hulu it, in the future. Yep. I'll be there. God, it's going to be such a long episode. 
we went on some tangents. We did. We might have to uh, breeze through the movie reviews. <clears throat> it's okay. They didn't. It's not a lot to talk about. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. Okay. Um, so, uh, Ready or Not is a movie that we planned to review and never did. We did. We did. Eventually. We? Like two oh, years yeah. late. Right. Well, it wasn't that long. It's like the better part of a year. Um, yeah, we were going to review it earlier in the year, and then it kept getting delayed, and we kept putting other things, and then eventually you were just like, fuck it. <laughs> it was like, we got an empty spot on the schedule, and there's nothing else that I'm really interested in, and there's yeah. no theme available, so let's just let's finally do this shit. Anyway, not so much a horror, as people made it seem. More of a, well, sort of... A, See, it rides that is a thriller or a horror sure. thing. It wasn't like an action thriller. So, I guess it uh, depends on how you feel. Um, but <clears throat> the filmmakers behind Ready or Not and the new Scream movie. Um, oh, Radio Silence. Is that... Like, they're a collective. I hate that. That... Okay, so the filmmaker collective, uh, Radio Silence, is directing uh, a new film called Reunion from MGA from MGM. Uh, Radio Silence includes Tyler Gillett or Gillette, uh, Matt Bertinelli, Olpen, and Chad Vilea, um, all behind uh, segments in VHS and Southbound. Also, Ready or Not, Scream. Um, and they're currently working, or they're already in, in motion of working on this. Uh, they're going to direct and produce the high school horror movie. Uh, Guy Busick, Busick, who, or Busick, who co-wrote Ready or Not, is going to be writing. Uh, the story, in Reunion, the horrific experience of high school reunions is taken to a new extreme when a group of uninspired old friends become the only hope for survival against an unwelcome shape-shifting creature. That's not what you'd expect from a movie such as this. Yeah, not particularly. You'd expect that like some, you know, deranged former classmate was like killing people at a reunion. Sure. Yeah, that was from my, from my I mean, like you look at Radio Silence's stuff and most of it has been really grounded in reality. Yeah. Um and you know, it's a lot of just kind of people doing things. I mean, obviously unless they take scream in a drastic new direction. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a little interesting to see them going kind of sci-fi with it. Yeah. And you know, it, it could very well follow that theme. Maybe the classmate is a shapeshifter. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, the the supernatural element of it is kind of a shift yeah. from what I would expect. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of getting started. We don't really know much about it. Um. Billing it as a high school horror movie is kind of uh, a misnomer, I think, since it's going to be people who are at least in their 20s. Well, yeah, if it's it's a reunion, so it's, I mean, I, I, it takes place in a high school, I assume, but it, you say high school horror and people are going to think high school aged kids. Yeah. Did you, did your class have a reunion? Uh, I, that I, I, I believe there was like an unofficial one. Okay. See, like, I don't think they do, like, really, like, official reunions anymore. I think it's just because it's Facebook. You could just have a reunion whenever you want. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. I 
maybe not on the show. I don't really know. But it's like the people that I wanted to keep in touch with from high school, I still talk to them. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, like I have some Facebook friends from high school, but I, I never talk to them. And I don't, like, no offense if any of you guys are listening, but I don't really have any desire to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. It's like these are, most of the people that I am friends with from high school on Facebook, um, like we, we weren't like friends in high school. We just kind of knew each other. Right. Yeah. Like those people I played basketball with and stuff. Right. Um, like if, if we wanted to see each other, we could have in the past 20 years. <laughs> Don't worry. Mine's coming up <laughs> soon too. I think in, in three years. Wait, you haven't, you haven't hit your 20 yet. It'll be next year. Is it next year? Okay. You 2001 then? Right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, I had a 10-year reunion. I think everybody got together at like this club or a bar or something. Yeah, I got invited to a, a like a Facebook event, but um, I, I didn't go. Yeah. I don't I, know. I don't know where it was or anything, but like I was debating up to the day of whether or not I was going to go and just decided not to. I can't remember if I had a specific reason or if I just didn't feel like it, but anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, we don't really know a lot about this yet, um, but it is being worked on and, you know, interesting enough concept and I imagine we'll hear about, hear about more, hear more about this later. Yes. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> I don't know who you think you are But before the night is through I want to do bad things with you I'm the kind to sit up in here. So uh, there was a series from 2018 to 2014 So just recently on HBO I was about vampires and shape-shifting were animals uh called true blood a lot of people probably heard of it yeah i heard of it it was very kind of you know like sexy and uh, romantic not really horror right but you know you did have these elements of like the vampires and, and, the, and the what have you's uh and apparently a mere six years later hbo has decided it's time to bring it back why not? Yeah, why not? They don't have any other ideas, apparently. Yeah, like, they seriously don't. Like, Game of Thrones just ended, and I'm pretty sure they're talking about it like a, a sequel series or a spinoff or something. Sure. Because we need fucking 20 more years of Game <laughs> of Thrones. Why not? Books like, aren't even written. We found something that worked, so let's cling to that with everything we have. Uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa who is the the mind behind Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, so all the Archie shows, uh, is behind this reboot. Yeah, those shows aren't bad. I mean, Riverdale, it's corny. It's a CW show. It's what you'd expect from such a show. But um, Sabrina's pretty solid. Um, the last couple seasons have been kind of meh. And I know this, this last season's coming up here pretty soon. Um but all in all, the shows are pretty decent. So yeah, 
the showrunner of the original series, Alan Ball, is also expected to come along as an executive producer. Uh, there's really not a whole lot of information yet. No actors have been attached to the reboot. Uh, HBO has declined comment. Uh, Anna Paquin, when asked about it, said, this is the first I'm hearing of it. So, I mean, reboot is, we've we've talked this issue to death, but it's like reboot is such a fucking useless term. It's like, what what does that even mean? Like, yeah. I think it's a way for them to like start a new show with new characters, but like if it starts to tank, they can bring in old characters and like, hey, look, remember these guys? Right. You love these guys. It's the old it's the Seattle Mariners right. uh, marketing theory. Yeah, it's like, hey, we suck. Let's bring back Ken Griffey Jr. Right. Old ass Ken Griffey Jr. It's like, guys remember ninety six? That was cool, right? <laughs> when we almost did it. It's like here's our new hitting coach, Dan Wilson. What? He's never coached before. I love Dan Wilson, but why is he here now? <laughs> also, he's a catcher. <laughs> <laughs> new new bullpen coach, Dan Wilson. What? <laughs> uh, yep. So, True Blood. I never watched it. You did, right? I did. I was I was made to. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Of course, I've been watched been forced to watch worse shows. Yeah, me too. Such as Grey's Anatomy and Gilmore Girls. Uh, and, yep, yep, yep. And she's watching Station 19 now, which is a Grey's Anatomy spinoff. It's not good. Oh, God. It's like fucking ridiculous. It's like they make things go wrong for these firefighters to have something to do. <laughs> like this episode, like something, like you, we're in Seattle currently and things go bad. You know, we have a homeless issue. Uh, you know, we have people, you know, starving to death on the streets and we do have the occasional murder. Police brutality is a common thing here. (laughs) Um, but it's like, I don't feel like we have like these catastrophic fire emergencies every single fucking day. At least they don't make the news. Yeah. I don't hear about a lot of fires in Seattle. This episode she was walking, watching yesterday, this girl who was diabetic drove an RV into the, like, like through the wall of a fire station because her mother was having a seizure in the back of the RV. This girl's like 15. <laughs> and so her mom is having these seizures. I didn't, I didn't catch why. Um, and so they have to use like the jaws of life to get them out because she, they plowed into like fire trucks and stuff. Um, then they can't get this woman under control and like the ambulance drivers won't take her to the hospital until she's stable. So they have to do all these like, and luckily they have a fireman who's also a surgeon uh, on the team. So he's there ready to do medical stuff. And uh, so they finally get this woman to stop seizing. And then her daughter up in the conference room or, you know, the break room or whatever it is, she's diabetic and she like, she happened to break her her monitor or her her, her blood sugar meter, the one that or the doses her with insulin. Uh, that breaks, so her uh, blood sugar is just like super low, and she just passes out right after they get her mom to stop seizing. And then, and then when they're trying to get the wreckage out, like pulled out of the sides of these this RV, uh, they pull one out and 
hit a propane line and there's a cell phone that just happens to be on the shelf inside of this RV that's all broken and sparking. Have you ever seen a cell phone spark for any reason? No. So it's sparking because that's what cell phones do and it ignites this propane and blows up the <laughs> the place where they where they keep the fire engines. It's like just this catastrophic shit just one after another. Like this shit does not happen. And it's like, you know, they have that Ryan Murphy show, 911, which is very similar in, in construction, mm-hmm. but it's just more entertaining because it's like kind of off the wall and, you know, the edgy Fox style, whereas this is ABC and it's very like Grey's Anatomy feeling. Yeah. And Grey's Anatomy sucks. So <laughs> <sighs> anyway, that's my tangent. That's my, my what, 20th tangent today. Okay. True Blood. <laughs> coming back to h well is it, i guess it is hbo coming back to hbo sometime with some new people maybe or old people or no people who knows maybe it's a cartoon nobody knows it's all cgi nobody knows anything ever <laughs> okay guys we finally made it to the end of horror business after an hour and a half of talking <laughs> now we're going to get to the fun stuff. We're going to do our, do some movie reviews. Okay, guys. So, like we said at the beginning of the episode, this is our probably first and last Hanukkah episode. Unless something changes before na- or between now and next year. Um, and yeah, today we're going to be talking about two, uh, well, I mean, they're both movies are directed by Jews, uh, probably written too, I assume. Um, but only one really focuses on Hanukkah as a, as a holiday. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about the Gollum and Hanukkah. Uh, which one do you want to start with Taylor? I mean, I think let's start with the reason we're all here. Hanukkah. The reason for the season. As they say. They don't say that. We say that. We say <laughs> Joshua, hello. Hello, Mrs. Horowitz. Uh, is Rachel already here? Totally. So why are we letting him bail on the party? It's either a nice Hanukkah dinner with his girlfriend's mother or a wild booze-soaked puff fest. We try convincing Super G to come with us. Eamon Feist. I was really hoping to get some information. My cousin is missing. Call me when you get this. Don't be a schmuck and hold a grudge. I want to know where Ivan is! I believe that your friends are dead. Judah Lazarus, the Hanukkah killer. Moments before the police shot and killed him, he was in the middle of ritually sacrificing his only son. Wadiah has survived. Now, years have gone by. There's no trace of him. 
certain that it is he who is targeting your friends. He thinks you're bad Jews. He thinks you're enemies of the Jewish faith and that he has been chosen by God to enforce the will of God. like it's like the most offensive thing i've ever seen all right so hanukkah uh like we said before this is a movie that's been several years in the making they've been they tried to get it off the ground a few times uh, i know they've done several different indiegogo campaigns uh some familiar names and familiar faces uh both in front of and behind the camera mm-hmm. uh, most notably the late great sid Haig. Yeah, and like I don't know if this was his last film or if Devil's Rejects was, but one of the two was. Yeah, um, he didn't didn't look great in this one. He really didn't. Uh, man, like I thought, like you know, he he had he has he had a big head. Like Sid Haig just had a big head, and he always had that that beard, which kind of accentuated his his head, like made it seem bigger. Um, and in this. He had his, you know, there was his head and his tiny little body. Yeah. And it just, it looked weird. Like it didn't look like it was his body. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, I mean, if you're tuning in, hoping to see a Sid Haig movie though, I got bad news for you. He kind of gets Drew Barrymore in this. Yep. Uh, you see him at the beginning and then a little bit in the middle, but mostly he is just kind of the, the setup point. Yeah. He's the guy they put on the poster to make you watch it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but other familiar faces, you might recognize Caroline Williams, uh, PJ Souls, Big Dick Miller. R.I.P. Um, uh, yeah, another another late great. Uh, and then also Charles Fleischer is in it, who you may not recognize the name or even the face, but he is the voice of Roger Rabbit. And yeah. As well as Benny the Cab. Right. Uh, he was in Demon Knight. That's right, yeah. Um, and then behind the camera... Uh, who who directed this? Uh, Eben McGar. Yeah, I I don't know who that is. So I don't, that's not where I was going with this. <laughs> but uh, producer Felissa Rose mm-hmm. and stunt coordinator Kane Hodder. Yep. So some uh, some royalty involved in this one. Yeah, and like I mean, not so much a person that a lot of people would know, but if you're familiar with the band CKY, um, the former lead singer Darren Miller was in this very briefly. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the the gas station attendant. Oh. And he's also (laughs) Felissa Rose's husband, so. Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah. But we get this uh, this setup with um, Sid Haig's character, Judah Lazarus, also known as the Hana Killer. No brain cells lost (laughs) that one. (laughs) Do you think they were like, well, we'll just just call him the Hanukkah Killer. And somebody's like, what if... (laughs) push them together on a killer <laughs> get it get that h out of there <laughs> and everyone went by god johnson you've done it again <laughs> and then he put his feet up on the table and lit a cigar <laughs> <laughs> but Judah lazarus he apparently goes out and kills on uh is it, 
is it every night of Hanukkah? I think so. But they, he's listening to a news report talking about him that's like, you know, be extra careful tonight because it's the eighth and final night. Yeah. I mean, you may remember last episode I said that I watched this by mistake. You didn't rewatch it, did you? I didn't rewatch it. <laughs> I felt like I remembered it well enough. And also, I just couldn't choke this one down again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he, he goes out and he kills people. And his big, uh, his, his claim to fame, you know, his uh, calling card is that he carves the star of david into the his victim's chests or as it becomes known as the scar of david uh, uh johnson you've done it again <laughs> you brilliant bastard <laughs> um, <laughs> you handsome genius but uh judas he's looking at all these daggers he's got and he he doesn't like them so he spits on them <laughs> That was kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know if that's like a like a ritual thing or just, I'm done with you. Get out of here. <laughs> then he pulls out this brand new pristine dagger, which looks very like um ritualistic. Uh, yeah. Like it looks like this is the dagger he should have been using the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the other two look like they were homemade or something. But he goes up the stairs. Uh there's a maybe he has eight daggers. Oh, one for every night. Mm. Mm. That's that's the special eighth night dagger. Fucking Johnson. <laughs> um, but he he goes upstairs and he finds this young boy. Uh, meanwhile, there's this woman in a disgusting bathtub, just covered in all kinds of muck and maybe blood. I don't know. Possible to walk in this muck. It's all it's all. I need golf shoes. Um, it's Caroline Williams. That was Caroline Williams? Yeah. Oh. I only recognized her later. I didn't recognize her with all the stuff all over her. And naked. She was very naked. There's a lot of very naked in this. Like, not just naked, not just boobs. But, like, I mean, I mean, like, you're almost looking up clams and stuff. Yeah, like, you can, like, see their guts. Yeah. <laughs> I think I can see your kidneys. <laughs> but she's, you know, chained to this bathtub and just covered in all kinds of icky black muck. Um... No, that wasn't Caroline Williams, because Caroline Williams played... Uh... Oh, no, I guess you're right. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I got it. But he, <laughs> he takes this young boy, and he takes him back downstairs, and he puts him up on a table, and he's got the, the ritualistic dagger, and he's about to kill this kid. Yeah, like, this kid's just like, okay. Yeah, he like tells him to sit, and the kid like sits, and then he's like up, up on the table, and the kid just like gets up and lays down like he's... Like, this is a, a normal thing that he's <laughs> just... Yeah, don't worry. I know what to do. Yeah, here goes dad again. <laughs> Um, yeah, spoiler, this is his son. <laughs> Were we not supposed to know that? I don't know. Oh. I didn't know it at this point. They don't really explain it till later, but I guess that's true. Um, right as he's about to do the deed, cops bust in. Like one cop is like, put down the knife. The other cop's like, shut up, shoot him. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> they kick the door open, put down the knife, bang, bang, bang. But this other cop, he seriously comes in and just like bodies the first cop out of the way and then just puts two in his chest. Wasn't it like this some like like hard-nosed detective type? He was definitely a detective because he had a trench coat. Right. <laughs> the issue though, as soon as you get your your gold shield, you become, or you get a trench coat. With yeah. Uh, this was in 1983. Right. So then we flash forward. And also... Trench coats no, were so right. in vogue back then. <laughs> um, fast forward 36 years present day if you will <laughs> well 2019 i guess right 
2016. Well, 2018, if that's when this movie came from. Oh, no, it's was 20, never mind. 19. I mean, just doing math, it would be 2019. Yep. Um, okay, you got it. We're introduced to uh, some guys. Um, what are these guys' names, Tony? Fucking Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's Josh. Uh, uh, Adam and... Is Adam the guy with the curly hair? Yeah. And... Uh, what was the black guy's name? There's no pictures on here. The black guy is Josh. Is it Josh? Okay. Yeah, what's the other guy? I don't even see Josh in the credits. The blonde guy. His name is like DeAndre or something. Um, Fuck. Yeah, so Adam and Josh, uh, they're roommates. Um, I can't tell if Adam's just an asshole if they don't like each other. Oh, there he is. It seems like, yeah, they just kind of rib each other. Um... David? Is that the other guy? Let's call him David. All right. Um, Tolliver. That sounds like a blonde guy. <laughs> That's like a blonde name. <laughs> that sounds Aryan. <laughs> uh, did you notice that Adam sounds a lot like um, Brian Posehn? <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> but anyways, they're roommates, and then David is there hanging out, and Adam and David are going to go to this party. Josh is supposed to go. He's invited, but uh, he's instead, he's also been invited to his girlfriend's mother's house for dinner, and since he's trying to uh, to wed her, he decides he's going to go make good with the mom. Right. Because he's... Very devout in his faith. Mm-hmm. The, I think everybody involved in this is Jewish. Like, like all the characters are Jewish, as far as I can tell. Even so, the Russians? Well, okay, maybe not the Russians. Okay. But, um, yeah, so Josh, which, like, I didn't... When I think of, like, Jewish people, I just, just white. It's white people. Sure. So when I... But I have to think of like, like Sammy Davis Jr. was was Jewish. That's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the most of them, you know, it, Israelis are mostly white. Yeah, but yeah, Josh is black. At one point, Adam says, like, you know, he's he's so devout that his Judaism uh, outweighs the fact that he's black or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so he won't fuck his girlfriend because they're not married. Yeah, much to the chagrin of his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Adam and Josh, they hook up with uh, their friend Judy, as well as Josh's girlfriend, Rachel, to go to this party. <laughs> so she leaves Josh to go to her mother's house and have dinner with her mother by himself. And she's just like, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I, don't give, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And uh, so, so it's like that. And like Adam tries to call Josh. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to call Josh because everyone in this car wants to fuck his girlfriend. <laughs> because Judy is a lesbian. Right. And uh, Rachel like pins him behind the car seat. And Rachel talks like she's a 40-year-old smoker, <laughs> I, which she might be. She looks she looks much older than, than everyone else. else. Yeah. <laughs> but I she, mean, not, much, like, not like 20 years older, but like maybe like 10 years older. Than yeah, definitely else. older. 
Uh, I think I looked it up and the actress was like 36 or something. There you go. But, you know, she basically just threatens Adam and says, you know, you're not fucking calling Josh. But so they're going to this party. They stop at a gas station to get directions. There's this uh, trio of Russian people. There's two guys and a girl in a pizza place. Um, but Like the show. Right. <laughs> With Ryan Reynolds. Um, but they ask for directions and the Russian guys are like, oh, we're going to this party also. You can just follow us. And then for some reason, the Russian woman keeps calling Rachel a prostitute. <laughs> Yeah. She just naturally hates her and just calls her a prostitute over and over again. Yeah, she's just like a bitch for no reason. Like, yeah. It's like like they did something to her. But yeah. as far as I can remember, nothing actually happened. I mean, by all accounts, they just met that exact moment. Right. <laughs> but so this Russian woman, she's like, you know, if if you go to that party, then you'd have to take me home because I'm not going to the party if that prostitute is going to be there. <laughs> and they're like, all right, fuck you. Bye. <laughs> bye. They just leave her at this gas station. In the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. So they go to this party, and it's like seven dudes. That's it. That's the whole party. It's a sausage festival. It's not even a sausage. It's a poorly attended sausage festival at that. <laughs> like, um, But so, yeah, the party just kind of sucks. But uh, David and Rachel go to fuck. And Will they fuck? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so they won't leave. And since David is their ride, then uh, Adam and Judy are both stuck there as well. Yeah. So they watch some weird, highly offensive music video <laughs> <laughs> right. that yeah. has uh, dancing uh, little people rabbis and <laughs> rabbis eating bacon and topless women rabbis. Right. <laughs> Made no sense. No. It was like seriously something like... It was like something a Trump supporter would make, like with the intention of being offensive. Yeah. But I think most people like Adam would just be like, this is the most offensive and funniest thing I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> Not to mention, oh, uh, you didn't mention that like, like in the time that they were there, I'm pretty sure every guy and Judy tried to fuck Rachel. Yeah. Rachel got the, cl- or Judy got the closest, I think. Well, other than David. Huh? Other than David, who actually well, did fuck her. Right, sure. But yeah, like, Judy got her down on the bed, topless. Yeah. Because Rachel told, she, she told Adam that Judy had a shot. And so Judy was like, you know, I know she's not gay, but she seems interested. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then once the time came, Rachel was like, I'm not gay and I'm not a slut. <laughs> right. So I'm gonna go fuck my friend, my boyfriend's friend instead. Yeah, but she made him say that she wasn't a slut first. She was like, "I just want to fuck. I'm not a slut." That's a direct quote. <laughs> and then she's like, "Write him," and she's like, "Yeah, fuck me with that tiny dick. Fuck me with that tiny micro dick, white boy." <laughs> and it's like takes him a second to realize what she's saying, and then he's just like, "Uh." <laughs> And like most guys in that situation, he's like, I'm no longer enjoying this, but I'm going to finish. Because <laughs> right? you got to finish. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Josh is off having dinner with Rachel's mom, played by uh, PJ Souls of Halloween fame. And Stripes. <laughs> and Stripes, sure. I like Stripes better than Halloween, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you find out, you know, he wants to ask... Uh, Rachel to marry him and so his mom you, at one point you think his mom's trying to fuck him right 
But she's like, no, I just want to give you, you know, one of her great grandmother's rings or whatever. She takes that whole thing in stride too. Like, I feel like most women, especially like if they're like, if it's her daughter's boyfriend would be very put off. Yeah. But she's just like, no, I'm not trying to fuck you. <laughs> Silly boy. I mean, at least he said no. Right. <laughs> would have been even more awkward if he was down. <laughs> it was like, well, no. I mean, no, right? <laughs> no? This is weird. I mean, you're hot, but it's weird, right? <laughs> All right, fine. Let's go. <laughs> <coughs> uh, so that night, Dave's tires get slashed, and someone fucks with the engine just for good measure. Right. So now they're all stranded at this party. And uh, Josh can't come pick them up because it's the Sabbath. Yeah, right. Yeah. So finally, at this point, people start getting taken out by the Hana killer. Uh, again, even though uh, it's been 36 years and Judah was killed by the police, but somehow he's back. And uh, so, like, this guy whose party it is, Ian, his sister shows up and sees Rachel and Judy wearing her clothes, and she gets all pissed off. And then they find her outside naked. Yeah. And Ian's just like, don't be dramatic. They didn't take all your clothes. Like, that's like, I feel like if I came outside and saw my sister naked, like, I'd be like, what the fuck are you, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. He's just like, come on, go inside. Yeah. Don't be silly. You silly Billy. Um, and this is about the point where, I guess it's the next morning when um, Rabbi Amon Feist shows up, played by Charles Fleischer. And he kind of gives us the whole exposition of, you know, this is uh, Obadiah Lazarus, the, the young boy that was almost sacrificed by his father, and now he's coming back to kill all the bad Jews. Yeah. And at this point, you're like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty obvious. Um, it's like, was it was I not supposed to know that? I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, his whole motivation is that he's trying to kill bad Jews, right? Like he wants to kill Judy because she has tattoos. And uh, wants to kill Adam because he doesn't observe the Sabbath or something. But any, I don't know what any he, number of reasons. Yeah, I don't know what exactly it is about any one person that he doesn't agree with. But um, apparently, you know, he, by killing them, he's being a good Jew. Yeah, like find out that like his his father was Judah. Judah, um, like he was an actual rabbi, I think. Or maybe not. Anyway, off his fucking nut, obviously, being a serial killer. But he cre- like he created something like, you know, like thirty more sins yeah. that don't exact don't actually more, uh, exist uh, in the Torah. Commandments. Was it commandments or yeah, or like you know doesn't exist in. I don't know if they said the Bible or, or the Torah. But. I think it was the Torah. Um. And yeah, so he's basically following in his father's footsteps with these, you know, these false commandments, uh, you know, unprejudiciously killing people based on these things. Yeah, at one point, uh, Adam confronts Obadiah and he's, you know, telling... I guess it is prejudicial. Yeah. Because he's prejudiced against these sinners. That's true, yeah. (laughs) That makes more sense. (laughs) 
But one point, Adam confronts him, and they, you know he gets right in his face, and he starts quoting scripture to him. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, mitzvah fourteen twenty two or whatever. And then uh, Obadiah is coming back, and he's like, you know, mitzvah. That was the word I couldn't think of. He's quoting these scripts that don't actually exist. Mm-hmm. And that's what Adam is telling him. He's like, you know, those aren't real. Like your father made those up. Your father is a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And now you're following him. Um, and yeah, we get some, uh, some kills and some, uh, you know, Scooby-Doo-ish stuff where they're searching for clues and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they break into the neighbor's house trying to find, uh, this guy. Uh, and then big Dick Miller just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Still don't know who, like where this came from. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We literally just cut to a temple and Rabbi Dick Miller is talking about being a rabbi and we're introduced to uh this other feist who i think was uh was amon's brother sure who seems to be like learning to be a rabbi uh and then the movie ends yep (laughs) i I, i'm sorry i spoiled the end but the end literally just kind of comes out of nowhere like we cut to somewhere else watch this little scene with this one guy uh what was his name something it was something else feist it was started with a z ziev ziev feist uh and then the movie just ends yeah like i mean spoiler alert i guess but there was still three people alive in this basement with obadiah when we cut away from him and we never see him again. We never go back to that basement or dungeon or whatever it was. And we have we get no resolution to that part of the story. Well, don't we eventually see that like pretty much all the survivors were killed elsewhere? Or am I remembering that wrong? I don't remember that. I remember PJ Souls comes home and finds Rachel sprawled out naked on the on the table dead i missed that somehow oh <laughs> i mean spoiler alert sorry guys <laughs> um what happens to adam and david the- i don't remember doesn't uh david is the the blonde guy blonde guy doesn't he get like his tongue cut out or something? The last thing I remember is him with the ball gag in his mouth. Is that what it was? I'm like in my head, I'm remembering him like, like muttering and having a hard time talking, but couldn't remember why. And like Obadiah quotes something about false idols, right? And Adam is like, "I'm not a false idol. What are you talking about?" And then he kills Judy. Sorry for all the spoilers, guys, but don't worry about it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was the last thing I remember of any of those characters. I honestly can't remember. Like yeah. I said, it's been three weeks since I've watched this. Yeah. Well, anyways. So, that's it. That's Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Ending it all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we weren't planning on spoiling it, but... Fuck it. Just trying to piece things together. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, the story is almost incomprehensible like it like some parts are just like so predictable 
other parts make no sense. Um, I think where this movie probably shines the most is like the the gore and yeah. the kills. You know, it, it's clearly a low budget movie, but for a low budget movie, the the gore effects are fairly good. Um, lots of nudity. I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for nudity. <laughs> um, I think every every girl in this gets naked. I think except for the Russian girl. Yeah. And man, you see all of Judy. Yep. <laughs> like a lot of a lot of bush. <laughs> and then Amanda too. You saw a lot of her too. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I thought the motivation was really kind of cheesy. Like just I mean, it's it's it could have been done better. Like just being like, oh, I'm killing all the bad Jews is it's too broad. Like if he if it had been more specific, like if they did like a Sam and trick or treat kind of thing mm-hmm. where it was like someone, you know, ate bacon or something and then he <laughs> killed them. Like, obviously, that's cheesy, but, you know, like a specific rule that they were breaking that you saw why he was going after them as opposed to just this broad bad Jews. Right. And yeah, the the story is kind of scattered. Um, I mean, uh, to me, it seemed like basically they took like Silent Night, Deadly Night, and made it about Hanukkah. Yeah, or maybe even Silent Night, Deadly Night two, maybe more so. I mean, there's definitely a strong Halloween um, influence. Yeah, very much Halloween. There's actually even like a scene of the guy stepping out from behind a hedge that's directly from Halloween. Yeah. Um, there were other little, you know, hat tips to other, to other movies that I I can't remember now, but I remember seeing them at the time. Um, so yeah, it kind of paid its tribute, you know, maybe a little heavy, heavy handedly, but paid its tribute to its, uh, inspirations. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, the branding, the marketing and stuff, um, there's they did a lot of stuff that was you know directly influenced there was a, a poster that looked like the old halloween poster they did a, a poster that looked like the halloween 3 poster right. so there there was definitely a strong i mean just and just naming the movie after a holiday that in itself is yeah um yeah i mean you know you had like I said, Sid Haig and Caroline Williams are probably the faces you'd recognize most in this movie. They're both in the movie minimal time. Like Sid Haig probably has five minutes of screen time. Caroline Williams probably even less. I don't know because she had that part where she was walking through the graveyard with the little kid. That was was that pr- lengthy. I'm, I'm sort of okay. I'm kind of remembering because that was that was Obed- Obadiah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm remembering that, like, I'm remembering, like, it happening in, in parts, but not being a, a continuous long scene, but maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. Anyway, um, but yeah, the people that you know best are barely in the movie, which, you know, if you're paying fairly well-known celebrities, you gotta budget it Mitigate out, Mitigate their time, yeah. Um... Yeah, like there was, like as far as the cast goes, there was like strong, 
stronger people and, and weaker people, it all kind of leveled out, I guess. Um, but I think what the, the weak point of it was just kind of like the script. Yeah. Like the, the lines were so fucking cheesy. There was some like really out of place comedy too. Like Adam is like this serious smart ass mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's, he's always kind of making quips and he's, it's like when Feist is telling him this very serious story about people being murdered and he's like making little quips and it's like, this is not the time for that to be in the movie. Right. Like, yeah. And Feist, if you hadn't picked up was like, Basically, Doctor Loomis, yeah, to a T. Um, what his relevance to the story was, I don't entirely know because he just seemed like he kind of popped up out of nowhere. I think he was there just to give exposition. Yeah, and like I couldn't tell if he actually had any kind of relationship. Well, no, he did because he like Judah killed his father. Was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. I guess I missed. And he had been watching Obadiah since he was a kid. Okay. I guess I missed that part of his exposition, which seemed like it went on forever. Um, <laughs> it didn't really tell us a lot. No, it didn't. And I guess maybe that's why, like, the, the actual relevant part, I, I completely missed it. Um, anyway. I feel like it kind of bills itself as a slasher, but there's really not a lot of slasher-esque stuff in it. Um, I mean, there's a, well, at least one scene that I can think of off the top of my head that's almost more torture porny. Um, but as far as just like you know, people getting slashed and hacked and stuff, I feel like that's negligible. Yeah, yeah, they're just almost like ritualistic killings. Yeah, like like Judy, you know, being I don't want to go into detail how she gets killed because we already spoiled the ending. Um. But yeah, that's who I was talking about when I said the torture porn part. Was, okay, was yeah. that scene, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the, I mean, that amongst all of them, I think, is probably the most, like, uh, detailed. Well, yeah, I mean, detailed and, and drawn out. Um, the effects are really good at that part, though. That looked gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, um, especially, like, the end. Well, maybe I'm remembering that wrong. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, like as far as the acting, it was okay. About what you'd expect from a, a low budget, yeah, you know, no name movie. Um, the script was really weak. Um, and like, not not so much the script. Like the story itself was very cheesy. In a way, but it, it worked. It, it flowed, I guess, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It was the dialogue. The dialogue was what was the the weakest point of this movie, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, it, like it, the best part was the gore. Yeah, yeah. As far as the story goes, there's like weird parts where it's like the part where they leave the girl at the gas station. I mean, the only real reason I can think of that that happened was because then she saw she found the guy that was murdered there. The Russian girl, she like saw the guy that was murdered at the gas station. What? The only reason you thought what happened that they left her there. Oh, as far as like driving the story, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and but then she just like shows up 
at Ian's house again the next day with this rabbi. Yeah. Sure. Like, and she acts like she like is like buddies with him or like she's like some secret agent working for him or something. Right. But it was just like he tracked her down because her sister was or her cousin was missing. Sure. Yeah. Like it's, it's this weird, like super thin things that if you don't think about it, it's fine. But then you're just like, wait, why does he care about this yeah. missing girl? And like, I don't get it. I feel like maybe he's not I, like a detective or something like. I feel like if maybe if I had a few drinks, this maybe would have worked a little better. <laughs> sure. Because I would have been less wrapped up in the details. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, have a, have a few beers and then uh, <laughs> then have, I, a, have eight I beers. I'd have eight beers. Fuck, I'm surprised we're not having eight beers right now. <laughs> you know, if you're in it to win it, you have eight beers and then you watch Hanukkah because it's probably better. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not terrible. It's not the worst thing we've watched. No, I've seen much worse. Um, but like I said, if you're expecting like a a typical slasher like a Friday the Thirteenth or even a Halloween, it's it's not really that. It kind of is. Yeah, but it's it's definitely a different kind of spin, and it's more. You're not gonna get like you know the big axe or uh, machete kills or anything like that. I mean, as far as that goes. I would probably, I'd argue that it's on par with the original Halloween, whereas Halloween two and and, and onwards were a little more violent. The first one, yeah. there wasn't really any blood, or not, not that there wasn't any blood. There wasn't a lot of blood. There wasn't a lot of like on screen violence. That's true. Um, this has on screen violence though. They're just it's not in a slasher style, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a much more like calculated serial killer type thing rather than a slasher as you might expect it. Yeah. And as I mentioned before, if you watch all the way through the credits, there's a little blurb that just pops up and it says, Obadiah will be back in the day of judgment, Mm. which I'll believe it when I see it. It took them so long to make this one. I don't, I don't know if they have a sequel in them, but maybe they're just waiting for the the cash to flow yeah, in from this one. The, the residuals to come in. Uh, anyway, um, anything else? Or? Like I said, it's not terrible, but it's it's not great. Um, yeah, and it, if you know, like like we said, Sid Haig gets top billing, and he's really not in it very much. Um, yeah, I mean, for a low budget, it's it's not it's not bad, but it's not gonna find itself on par with like the Friday the 13th and the Halloween's. No. Um, I think I'm going to give it a four. I was debating between a four and a five. I'll give it a five. I'll, I'll give it a little, little, some, little something extra. Some, something, a little, a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, the 2018 film, The Gollum. You're a woman. A giver of life. God has assigned you a calling and you're refusing it.
Nokaba, creation of man. We could use the hidden code inside the Book of Creation and create ourselves a golem. And the man form in mud shall be engulfed in living fire. Let there be life. What have you done? I've created a golem. It is a heartless monster, and we must take it back from whence it came before it is too late. Boy saved me. He took on a handful of men with his bare hands. That is not a real boy. Golems connected to its creator. A golem can evolve. Merciful, ruthful Lord, we beseech thee. Save this alien child. Send the heavenly cure. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Besides prayer, there are other things which can be done. Just a little boy. There's no evil in him. You know, now I say 2018 because that's the year it was released, like when it started doing festivals. It didn't actually come out until recently, I'm pretty sure. Like, it's on Netflix, and it hasn't been on Netflix for very long, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. I remember, like, looking on Just Watch and stuff, and it wasn't on Netflix originally when I first started looking, so. Oh, wait, let's see, uh... It's announced the Gollum would be released on DVD, Blu-ray, and video on demand on February 5th, 2019. So, okay. All right. Well, it's just recently come to Netflix, at least. I'm pretty right. sure. Regardless. Um, so, this movie, uh, directed by the Paz brothers, Doran and Yoav. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing those correctly. Uh the uh, directing duo behind Jerusalem, which is, we reviewed however long ago, uh, it was pretty good, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, For a found footage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this uh, centers around the, 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 the legend and the myth of, of the Gollum, which is from uh, Hebrew um, or... Uh, I guess it's not just Jewish uh, religious texts. It's just, I mean, Old Testament stuff, I think. I don't know. Well, because if you think about it, like Adam was a golem. God created him from the earth. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, so I mean, basically the, the kind of Cliff's Notes version of what a golem is, is a creature that is created from earth. Uh, so like from you know, dirt or clay or, or whatever. Um, and is, I think as far as, uh, religion goes or, you know, mythology, it's, it's supposed to be a creature from, of God, but I think it, it can also be risen by a person to do their bidding. Yeah. Which is kind of the premise of this movie. So this is not a remake of the 1940 something movie which is the one I think most people are familiar with. Um, 
and you know like my familiarity with a golem is based on that and uh things inspired by that so i mean like if you've seen the treehouse of horror episode with the golem that's clearly inspired by that movie the golem looks just like the golem in that movie I, I I am familiar with the movie, but I've never seen it, so I don't really know much about it. I've never seen it, but I know what the golem looks like in it, so that's really okay. But I mean, it's the golem is he's probably like eight or nine feet tall. He's you know broad shoulders, whereas in this one, it's it's a young boy. Yeah, well, there are actually two golems. Uh, that's I mean you yeah. There's a, a, a kind of cold open that has the much more kind of traditional golem that most people are used to. Right. Yeah. So the movie opens up. <clears throat> doesn't give a, an exact year, but it starts out with a story. Um, which, Does it not? I swear it did. What? I thought it did. Not, not in this cold open, no. Oh, not in the cold open. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is based on... Well, so the opening is kind of centered around a version of the Golem of Prague. Um, which is a um, old, you know, old Jewish uh, legend, folklore, whatever, um, about a rabbi who raises a golem um, as a protector, I believe, um, and just kind of ends up running rampant because he kind of—it's kind of a Frankenstein's monster sort situation. Of, um, there are like rules you have to to follow to control the golem, and he went a little lax on those rules, and so the golem went went crazy. Um, and it it gives a kind of a a version of that. I think it's supposed to be following that story, but presumably this takes place, you know, uh, 50, 60 years before the meat of the movie. But this, um. The, the Golem of, of Prague, this takes place like the early 1800s. Um, so didn't quite understand that. Um, so we get this opening where this rabbi is walking into a temple where he just finds, you know, slaughtered, um, you know, every, everybody has like the, the curls and, and, you know, um, yarmulkes on. So clearly these are like parishioners. Yeah, and you know there are, are window panes with the Star of David in it, so it's clear that this. Or, and uh, I don't know if pews is the right word if they use a different word. I don't know. Um, but you know, prayer benches. Um, it's very clear that this is a temple, uh, and this old man who is you know a rabbi, he's making his way into this temple, and kind of the narration is clear that he's like, like this. <laughs> Like supreme rabbi, like this very high-ranking rabbi, uh, the one who raised the golem, and he is, you know, looking around at these slaughtered bodies of his of his people, um, and in the darkness up near the front of the temple, you can see just the the vaguest shadow of this huge creature, and he is approaching it very quickly, just telling it to calm down. Um, and you know he's he's reaching. For, <laughs> calm, calm down, just, just calm, calm down. down. Uh, and he's reaching for the creature's mouth. He's like, open your mouth and like, if you don't, like if you don't watch the rest of this movie, 
or you don't do any kind of research on the golems kind of uh history of you know, the the methodology meth- yeah you know the the the, the lore of, of Gollum it doesn't really make sense yeah <laughs> but there's there's a point to it he's like saying oh, open your mouth open your mouth and from the back of this building he uh, comes a little girl she picks up a piece of glass and you can see it cutting into her hand and she's approaching and the rabbi hears the little girl behind him says no you have to get out of here go and that's when the golem loses control and makes this rabbi's head explode. Yeah. <laughs> Just blood splatters everywhere. Um, and then we jump forward to, was it 1673? What is it? I thought it was 1674. I don't know. It doesn't matter. 1673. Let's go with that. Um, this is in Lithuania in a small Jewish village. Um and by small, I mean there's probably like a couple dozen people living there. Yeah. Um, and you know it's very isolated, um, very 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 small, tight community. Um, and in this village, we see, um, or so it starts out with our main character Hannah. She is in the sh- shack of a of a healer uh, of a healer woman. Um, she's like got her legs up in stirrups and this woman comes and pours out some kind of oil or, or salve or balm or whatever. Um, and, uh, tincture is that that tincture? That's the word. Who told you to put the balm on? (laughs) I'll tell you to put a balm on. Um, and, uh, yeah. So she rubs whatever this is on her crotch. Uh, and she says, uh, okay, we're done. You know, your seven years of, of pain are, is over, I think she says, um, and hands her this bottle. I don't know if it's the same stuff she just applied or if it's different stuff. Um, and uh, she goes to the temple and hides in the basement um, so she can overhear the teachings that are going on above, because it's in, in I don't I don't know if it's necessarily a, a modern day thing, but back then women weren't allowed to practice, uh, um, you know, Jewish teachings. They weren't allowed to learn from the Torah and the Kabbalah. Um, so she's hiding out in the bottom, so she can hear these teachings. Above is her husband Benjamin. Um, uh, you know, learning these teachings from the village's rabbi, his father. Um, and afterwards, while, while she's in earshot, you know, underneath the floorboards, his father comes to him and says, uh, Benjamin, it's been uh, seven years. You're well within your rights to leave Hannah because she's not giving you a baby and find a woman that will. And Hannah's just kind of like, Fuck you, old man. And then Benjamin's like, I'm not going to abandon my wife. And she's like, all right. Score. She's like, oh, he's getting some tonight. And then he does. Yep. But not but, before she rubs the tincture. Right. On her uh, <clears throat> her vaginal her area. 
Her bajingo. Bajingo. <laughs> um, she, uh, so Benjamin sneaks a copy of the, the Kabbalah out to her, um, which is strictly forbidden because, you know, like he tells her, it's like, this is the last time I'm doing this because, you know, it, these, these teachings can drive a man insane, you know, and she says, let alone a woman, right? And he's like, well. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> um, so she just kind of spends her nights reading, uh, learn, learning these teachings. Um, and Benjamin is trying like hell to get her pregnant again. And it's just not happening. Obviously, seven years and nothing. Um, and there's another village lady who's trying to make a move on him, uh, a, a widow, presumably. Um, anyway, so I, I guess we'll jump forward to uh, their, her and her sister. Hannah and her sister, what's her name? I don't know. Uh, Rebecca. Um, Rebecca, they're, they're off at some like lagoon or something, uh, swimming and they happen across a Gentile village wherein they are, um, I don't know, maybe dismembering and burning and burying bodies that have been affected by the black plague. They escape back to their village um, and proceed with Rebecca's wedding. Um, and back in the Gentile village, they decide that, you know, this has been going on for centuries now or, you know, millennia even, Jews being a scapegoat. They feel that because the Jews aren't being affected, because they are a very tight-knit, closed-off community, because they aren't being affected by the Black Plague, they must have put the curse on them. And the scene where they show up to the village feels so timely. Oh, I know. Because they're just like, we're all getting afflicted, and you're out here celebrating. And they're like, yeah, well, we social distance. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so they come up just like... Uh, um, you know, making all kinds of threats. Uh, their leader, Vladimir, Vladimir, um, puts this sickly teenage girl on a table. Um, says, "This is my oldest daughter. She's dying, uh, and you're to blame." And so they get ready to start just shooting people with their <laughs> flintlocks. <laughs> um, and. Uh, this is, this is when the the healer lady uh, Perla, yeah, um, she, yeah, Perla, uh, she comes out of the crowd and says, "Hey, I'm, um, I'm a healer. I'll do what I can for your daughter. Just don't hurt anyone." I think after this is after they've already shot somebody, I believe. Um, so I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll I'll try to heal her, your daughter. After that, you need to leave. And he's like, all right. But in the meantime, nobody's leaving. And so, he says, if she dies, I will burn this place to the ground. Right. Um, Which, you know, no pressure. Right. Uh, 
So I don't know if this is something I missed, like a, like a scene I just like zoned out or something, or if it was just implied, but I believe it was the same night or possibly the next night. Uh, Hannah finds out that Rebecca has miscarried from her the, the baby she was carrying because one of the Gentiles raped her. Okay, I, I missed that scene too, so I'm starting to wonder if it was even in there. <laughs> yeah, it must have been implied if neither of us can remember. Yeah. Um, so this is when Hannah suggests that they uh, raise a golem as a protector to protect them from these, from these, uh, outsiders. Uh, I think he, she brings it to Perla who just says, no, you know, the, there's no way we can do that. Or is, is it Perla no, or she, Benjamin? It's the, the priest, Benjamin's father, she takes it to him and he's like, that's right. He's like, nobody's going to do that because y- you have to read the Kabbalah to do it. And he's like, you know, that, like you said, it drives men mad. And it's, he said, you know, there, there's nobody here that can do it, not even me. So you just kind of brush it off and says it's not possible. Right. Um. So she goes out and does it <laughs> because the, seeing her sister in this state was just the last straw. She goes out, she reads the uh, Kabbalah in very close detail to find out all the the rules to uh, raise a golem. Uh, And she follows it all to a T. She goes out to the woods and collects virgin earth um, and forms it into the shape of a, of a, of a body um, mixing it with her own blood. She does this, Ritual of burning oil, I believe, and uh, passes out. The next morning, she sees that this body, the body of dirt that she had created, there's now a big pit where seemingly a bunch of dirt has been removed. She comes home and um, finds a, a young boy just covered in mud um, lurking around her house. And I think some of the the raiders, as they're referring to them, uh, come and try to attack her. She's walking through the woods, and they attack her, and they hang her. That's right. Yeah, because they they thought she was trying to leave the village. Oh, was that why? I didn't really get why they were attacking her. I thought they were just being dicks. Yeah, they said, yeah, we said nobody leaves, so they strung her up. So the this boy comes and. You know, basically, he does something. Yeah, at the, at the time, you can't really tell what's happening because they show it from um, Hannah's point of view, and since she's you know almost passing out from lack of oxygen, the the sides of the camera are all really hazy. Yeah, and you just kind of see these bodies flying across the camera. Yeah, You're being thrown into trees, just spatters of blood, and you know, having seen the opening scene, we know it's happening. Uh, that. The golem is attacking these people. Um, after she's let down, uh, yeah, this this boy is covered in mud, and she mo- wipes some of it away from his forehead and sees the markings on, on its forehead that she had put on the golem. Mm-hmm. So she knows what he is. Um, Apparently it's the Hebrew word for truth. Right. I never would have known that if I wasn't looking at Wikipedia, but... <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess the rules for controlling a golem is you have to create the word truth in its forehead, and then you have to remove the last character of the word to make it to turn it to death. And that basically like deactivates it if I if I understood it correctly. And then you have to re-add it to basically turn it back on. Hmm. And then in order to kill it, you have to remove the scroll from its mouth. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, the golem that I'm used to is you put different things in its mouth to tell it what to do. So I don't know if that's, if this is different than that. Because she just kind of does whatever she tells him. She doesn't have to actually put anything in his mouth ever. Yeah. I mean, in most cases, she doesn't even have to tell him. She just kind of... Yeah, they, they just kind of have like a, a connection, a mind meld kind yeah. of thing. Um, Including feeling each other's pain. Right. Um, anyway, so she uh, kind of introduces this boy to Benjamin eventually. And, you know, after seeing him just laid away several of these raiders... Um, the whole village is now aware of him and sees that him as their savior. Um, but you know, Benjamin and Benjamin's father are both very, you know, uneasy about the whole thing, uh, as well as Perla. Um, anyway, so it's, uh, the, the rest of the movie is basically kind of this battle between the, um, the Jews and the Gentiles, um, you know, the Gentiles are getting more, you know, progressively more and more sick and blaming it on the Jews. Um, and, uh, you know, Benjamin being very uneasy and uncomfortable with the, the existence of this golem, not only existing, but living under his own roof. Um, and Hannah kind of losing control, losing control, but at the same time, relinquishing control. Uh, and uh, becoming almost symbiotic with with this thing. Yeah. Um, And it's very clear that she's kind of grieving her son. Well, she calls him Joseph, which was their son's name. Right. Um, And, you know, at one point, Benjamin has to say, that's not Joseph. Joseph has been dead for seven years. Right. Um, And, yeah, at one point he tells her that, she has to kill it. She's like, nobody's killing anyone. At one point, she tries to kill it and can't. Hmm? At one point, she tries to kill it. She tries to drown him in the bathtub. I think it was, yeah, like a test. Yeah. I don't think she was necessarily trying to kill him, just seeing if she could. Well, she couldn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least not with conventional means. Anyway, um, so, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the, the movie. Uh, I don't want to give away the ending um, like Taylor did. <laughs> I think technically you did. <laughs> then we just kind of said, fuck it. What? How? Well, you gave away the part about Judy. About Judy? Yeah. Her death scene? I didn't say anything about her death scene. Yes, you did. And then you were like, oh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> what? That's what just happened. You already said that people were dying. Well, yeah. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, you're the one that talked through the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> anyway. so Because the, the movie just ends. <laughs> okay. Okay, guy. So. Um, yeah. That's uh, 
the golem for the most part. Yep. What'd you think, Taylor? It's all right. It's definitely a, a different take on the golem than I'm used to. Like I said, I'm used to the, like, the big hulking kind of uh, figure that just kind of like wrecks people with his bare hands. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is not only just a child, but there's like a, a telekinetic aspect to it. Yeah. Which is, I, I've never seen anything like that in a golem story. I, I don't know if that's a, a common thing or not. I wouldn't think so. You'd, you'd, I don't think there was telekinesis as a myth when the original stories were written. Yeah, I don't know if there was like um, just maybe like a, some kind of connection where the golem could detect some, you know, its, its controller's will. Yeah. But like I said, the original stories of the golem, at least as far as I'm aware, were they, they were God-made creatures such as Adam. Yeah. Um, and it was more in... Um, uh, you know, Jewish religious texts or, you know, mythology where it was more um, people raising a golem to be some kind of control or to be some kind of protector or, you know, enforcer or whatever. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but my biggest memory of a golem story comes from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> when they have the, the golem and they like have like I said they have to put different things in his mouth to make him do different things. See, I don't remember the story you're talking about. He was voiced by Richard Lewis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this was a Treehouse of Horror? Yeah. I don't remember it. Is yeah. it an older one? Uh yeah, kind of. Anyway, um Yeah, it's like go- a, a golem was kind of something I was always Somewhat familiar with. I, I, I knew what it was. Okay, I do remember that. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I kind of took it upon myself to, to do a little more reading about the, uh, the lore, or the, you know, the story behind the golem to kind of understand it a little better for this. From what I read about the actual belief of the golem is, is is a little different from this um yeah this definitely seems like it kind of takes some liberties with the story yeah i mean i think you have to, to like i said as far as like my knowledge of the golem which is admittedly you know paltry uh it's more of a jason or it's like a big burly person like yeah. I said, kills people with his bare hands and stuff whereas like this the one is, at the beginning of the movie yeah whereas this is more of like a carry kind of thing yeah um you know, but he can just make people's heads explode, right? Just by looking at them. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that was necessarily a thing. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, but yeah, like all the stories with the golem, I was seeing. It's like you know, the, you know, people would name it, you know, give it a conventional name, but it wouldn't be a little boy. You know, it would be like like a big yeah mud monster, <laughs> right? Um, but I don't know. I'm not Jewish, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to just sit here and be like, well, you know, technically, the lore says. Yeah. Let me tell you something about a faith that I am not involved in. Right. Yeah, because A, it's it's not my story to tell. And B, you know, like, mythology and lore is always open to interpretation and open to kind of, you know, to putting your own spin on. Yeah, especially when it's been translated how many times. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, the movie 
is is pretty good. It's I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, I, I it technically speaking, it was all very well put together. Yeah, it's a little slow. Yeah, uh, not much of a body count for most of it. Yeah, and, but I mean, when it does happen, like just like these people are basically like walking blood bags. Yeah, like, like when he pops one of their heads or something, it's just that's a lot of blood that yeah. just spews everywhere. There's one there's one kill towards the end that I really liked, but I don't want to give it away. Sorry, say that again. I said there's one kill towards the end that I really liked, but I don't want to give away what it is. Okay. It involves a sheep's horn. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um yeah, that, that as far as kills go, that was probably the most like graphic. Yeah, um, and I liked how it was like or a ram's horn, technically. I guess it was like in like slow motion, like three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, um, and then it basically just acted as a funnel, pretty much. Yeah, like a reverse funnel, I guess, since it's coming out. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, no, the cast all did very well. Uh, it was it was a strong story. Like I didn't see any like weak points in it. I mean, set design was really good. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if they had stuff that was already there. Like they just maybe found like an older village that they could film in, or if it was all built for the film. But um, yeah, like all the set pieces were very well done. Um, and looked authentic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't know what the budget was for this. Wait. Um. Yeah. No, I don't know what the budget was. But um. So it says it says country Israel. Does that mean it was filmed in Israel? Well. The Paz brothers are Israeli uh, filmmakers, so I think maybe whoever made the film, whatever country they live in, that's the country. Of oh, yeah, apparently it was filmed in in uh, Kiev, which makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't really ha- have a lot of like outstanding things to say one direction or the other it's it was a very good movie um very well done very well put together uh, oh wow the original's from 1915 it's even older than i thought damn um i don't know yep anything anything to add I, I feel like i'm kind of just breezing through this and not really saying much but i I mean i don't i don't really like i said i think it's it's a little slow for a lot of it so you kind of got to prepare yourself for that um if you're expecting just like you know a gore fest or something it's not that um like yeah the the body count is is small for most of the movie but that kind of you know it amplifies when someone does get killed it's not just like oh i brought this golem to life and now he's just wrecking shit right um. But yeah, definitely a, a different take on the golem than I'm used to, uh, especially with like the the telekinesis powers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some awkward parts, like when the kid is first brought back to life, you see his ass. Yeah, <laughs> and 
I'm like, this is a little kid. This is I don't want this on my screen. <laughs> I mean, like I was kind of worried that he was gonna like bend over and you're gonna see his taint or something. Yeah, I was worried he was gonna turn around. Or yeah, or that. And I'm like, don't turn around. I don't I don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> um Hannah, the character, was like she kind of like rode the the border of being sympathetic and kind of villainous. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's Hani or Hanny, uh, Furstenberg, uh, who played Hannah, she did a really good job at, at selling that. Yeah. Because, you know, it starts out, you like, you kind of sympathize with her. She's, she's a woman in a very oppressive community where, you know, women are basically secondhand or, um, Second-rate citizens, um, kind of subservient to men, not alert, allowed to be heads of household so much. You know, not allowed to read the teachings. You know, they're religious teachings. Um, they're basically there to cook and make babies, pretty much. Um, and you know, like I don't know how realistic a you know a strong woman like her would have been back then, but it's not distracting. I mean, it's it's believable enough. Yeah, I mean, it's not like she's, you know, out there wielding weapons and fighting against rabbis and stuff. Right. <laughs> she she kind of takes her strength in different ways where she goes and, you know, does things on her own. It's not like she's fighting back directly. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when she starts to kind of, you know, almost get like, like hypnotized by this golem almost... Um, and uh, you know, even though everybody's telling you, telling her how dangerous it is, um, and when she starts to become more, like I said, more villainous, um, the transition is so smooth that you kind of like realize that, like at the beginning, yeah, I kind of liked her, but now I kind of don't. Yeah. But it's like it's not distracting. It's not like a like a day and night thing. It's a, it's a slow transition, and that was done pretty well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not like an over top, over the top horror. Um, I think it's 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 hard to compare it to Jerusalem because they're such very different movies. I mean, Jerusalem was not only first person, you know, found footage, but it was also like this, you know, apocalyptic movie, right? Um, and this was. You know, cinematic, obviously, and you know, very character-driven. You know, centralized. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I would be more apt to rewatch Jerusalem than this, just because Jerusalem is more story-wise, it's more my style. Even though I don't really like found footage, yeah. I do. I do remember. It's when, a little more action based, whereas this is more story based, right? Um, but no, this is a good movie, and, and, and um, it's definitely worth a watch, uh, especially because it's on Netflix. So you don't yeah. have to pay anything for it, unless you don't have Netflix. But if you don't have Netflix, I don't know what fucking planet you live on. <laughs> um, anyway, anything else to add? I don't think so. Okay. Um. I'll give it an eight. I'm going to go seven. 
album. Yeah, it was just a little too slow for me in, in the beginning, so. Fair enough. I wonder what I gave Jerusalem. Be interesting. It'd be funny if I gave it a lower score. All sheets. It had a Z instead of an S. Yeah, that's why I typed. Did it, you? It didn't pop up. What the fuck, man? Oh, I pushed the wrong button. That's why. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, you gave it a five. Five, really? I gave it a four and a half. I mean, we didn't like it as much as we thought. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> rose-colored lenses, I guess. Um, I don't know. I th- I feel like our in the in the time we've been doing the show because it was a long time ago. Yeah, that was four that. years ago. Uh, I feel like our review style has matured. I feel like we've definitely gotten a little more uh, forgiving. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, when we started this show, our review or reviewing style even though we probably thought more of it at the time was very like no i didn't like this it sucked <laughs> you get a one or i like this but it's not a perfect movie so you get a seven <laughs> yeah um i think we've gotten better i think that we, we also went to a point where it was like well technically speaking there's this one scene where the camera was should have been this way <laughs> instead of this way we got too we went too far the other direction yeah i think i feel like we're in a sweet spot now yeah <laughs> only took seven years right um cool yeah so um that's gonna do it guys for the whole episode which is probably i don't know close to three hours long <laughs> i mean when you got eight nights to cover yeah yeah, we're making up for all eight nights. There we go. Good um, news is you got 14 nights to listen to this, so you can listen to it in chunks. There you go. Um, or, you know, there'll be three days left. To, no, it's the sixth day. Yeah. Okay. Well, you could split it in half or something. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, if, so if, if, you if, you, on- if you feel obligated to listen to it on Hanukkah, <laughs> the good news is you got two days, whereas the Christmas episode, you got to... Take that all in at once. Actually, technically, you have three because you have day six, day seven, and day eight. Truth. So listen an hour at a time. <laughs> Stupid. Why would anybody do that? It's like, oh, yeah, we got to start our, our Hanukkah tradition, listening to the Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> you know how we do this. Last three days. All right, tonight your gift is the pencil set and one hour of the Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> now go light the candle. <laughs> such idiots um all right guys so that's gonna do it for our like i said probably our first and last hanukkah episode uh hey guys if you're out there and you're a filmmaker and you're making a hanukkah themed film let us know because we'll probably watch it next year yeah we have no other options (laughs) um so yeah we're gonna be i did notice that hanukkah had a uh a they had two judaism consultants oh really yeah Hanukkah, you said? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you wouldn't think that would be necessary since it, seems, since it seemed like the whole cast was of, of the Jewish variety. Is PJ Souls Jewish? 
Uh, is maybe. Sid Haig? Or was Sid Haig Jewish? Was Dick Miller Jewish? I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answers <laughs> to these questions. This is why you don't just spout things off, Tony. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm wrong. Pro- I'm probably entirely wrong. There's probably, There's probably like, no maybe, Jews in it whatsoever. Yeah, like I imagine the people that made the movie, like the director, the writer. That's the thing, like I was comparing the, the credits between these two movies and it's like the Gollum, there's a lot of very like Israeli Hebrew names. Yeah. Whereas then you look at... Bergs and Witzes. Yeah. <laughs> And then you look at uh, Hanukkah, and it was a lot of like Smiths and Jones and Johnsons. Yeah, Johnson, that son of a bitch! <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, like those those are names where it's just like that could be from anywhere. Yeah, but yeah, then they had two uh, Judaism consultants, oh. which I Smart. found I found reassuring. Yeah, like if you're going to make a movie about Hanukkah where you're not Jewish good to have someone on set who can be like that's offensive don't do that yeah we probably could have used one of those on this episode that might, probably wouldn't have been a bad idea we could probably use uh an expert on a lot of things <laughs> on a lot of episodes because me in particular i'll own it i tend to say things that i don't entirely know <laughs> we just we need that opera singer from scrubs just be like <laughs> mistake yeah, sometimes I'll be listening back to the episodes, and it's not always just me. Sometimes it's you, but it's just like, hmm, probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times I'll leave it in because I want it to be real. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be back uh, in two weeks, guys, with not only our Christmas episode, but with our final episode of 220, uh, 2020. Of the longest fucking year in history. Was this a leap year? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was, yeah, divisor of four, so it must have been. But um, It's like, yeah, the last thing we fucking needed was an extra day of this goddamn year. But here we are. This was actually before the, the pandemic, I guess. It was pretty much still just a, a China issue at the point, at that, at that point. Yeah. I think it was starting to make its way over here. I think we might have had a couple of cases in February, but it, like that was the time when we were on the show being like, you don't need a mask. Yeah. We're so fucking smart. It's like, this is not going to be a problem where you're going to be locked up in your house. Yeah, we literally said that. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiots. You know, things change. At the time, we were right. Right. But science changes and things change. Well, you know what it was change. is we overestimated the average intelligence of people yeah, again. Yeah. If people were actually as smart as we thought they were, it would have been over and done by now. Yep. But they're not. It's like, hey, guys, please, for the health and safety of ever, of others, stay home unless you have to or unless you have to leave. And when you do have to leave, wear a mask. Fuck you! Fuck you, that sounds like socialism. <laughs> this is early, and I'll probably say it again next episode, but look, 2021, let's make all our resolutions to just be better to each other. That's it. Like, that's it. I think that should be your goal every year. Sure. Yes, it absolutely should. But just be better. Let's not have a repeat of 2020, please. I'm really looking forward to January 20th. 
Like everyone is just like, oh, you know, 2020, it's almost over. And it's like, it's not going to, changing the calendar does not change things. You (laughs) need to change yourself. You need to change the way that you treat other people and just be better people. Yeah. It's not like you're reading like a short story novel here or something. Like at the end of the year, it's, you know, you move on to the next story. No, no. It's just another chapter of the same story. We have to all be better and do better. But yeah, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll launch into our end of the year spiel as we tend to do uh, next episode, wherein we'll be watching. We'll be watching uh, Dead End, starring Ray Wise and fucking Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, guys! I fucking hate that movie, but I picked it anyway. <laughs> Why? Because I hate myself. <laughs> And I hate you. <laughs> I want to punish myself. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, there are, like you, th- you t- think about Christmas movies or Christmas horror movies, and nine out of ten of them are psychopathic Santas. Yeah. And just like I didn't want to pick one of those, so I picked fucking Jack Frost. Psychopathic Snowman. There you go. Okay, guys. So, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with that uh, fancy, fun-loving episode. And festive. Festive. I'll be wearing my Santa hat. He will. Rest assured. Even though it'll be five days after Christmas. We'll do our annual gift exchange. That's right. Um, Which I know everyone always looks forward to that. (laughs) Right. We could live stream that. I think we did last year. I think we did. Yeah. Um, And uh, are we going to start live streaming... Horror business next episode? No, we'll do it at the first of the year. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, oh, and man, I went real stupid with your gift this year. Oh, good. <laughs> I haven't bought yours yet, so I still got time to make it stupider. I mean, it's not like stupid. It's like, hey, here's a fucking <laughs> bucket of shit. My shit. I don't want that. Yeah, nobody wants that. Don't give that to me. But that's not what I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny. You'll like it. All right. <laughs> now I'm scared. Okay, guys. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Listen to all the old episodes. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you, if you want a magnet, we'll send you a magnet. You don't even have to do anything. Just ask us nicely and we'll send you a magnet. We have so many fucking magnets. I got magnets coming out the ass. Like, literally. you just. I got magnets on my tits. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You got bits on your tits. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. Check out patreon.com slash Grave Plot Film Fest. Or no, Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> uh, also check out. Also check out GraveplotFilmFest.com. Get your tickets today. And we will see you in your own home on February 6th. In your beds. Naked. We'll be naked in your beds. Alright, guys. So until next time, I'm Skeletony. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast where we're all a little dead inside. Put on your yamaka. Here comes Hanukkah. So much Hanukkah to celebrate Hanukkah. Hanukkah is Festival of Lights.
Instead of one day of presents, we have eight crazy nights. <laughs> when you feel like the only kid in town without a Christmas tree, here's a list of people who are Jewish, just like you and me. <laughs> Lights the menorah So do James Conn, Kirk Douglas and the late Dinosaurus Guess who eats together at the Carnegie Deli Bowser from Shanana and Arthur Fonzarelli <laughs> Paul Newman's half Jewish Goldie Hawn's half too Put them together. What a fine looking Jew. You don't need deck the halls or jingle bell rock. Cause you can spin a dreidel with Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. Both Jewish. Put on your yarmulke. It's time for Hanukkah. The owner of the Seattle Supersonicas celebrates Hanukkah. O.J. Simpson, not a Jew. <laughs> but guess who is? Hall of Famer Rod Carew. He converted. We got Ann Landers and her sister, dear Abby. Harrison Ford's a quarter Jewish. Rod Carew.